But it does have Meryl Streep and Clint Close in the same movie, which I don't know if they've ever been in a movie together. Which is a Vistwick. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. And from music video since Barrett Share. Happy New Year, everyone. And from everything, Jonathan Watkins. Yeah. What's up? Hey. He's one of the hey. guys that writes for everything. He is. He writes for TV. He writes for MVS. He writes for CinemaSins. That's right. Uh, and also, he he and I are starting another podcast. We Ooh. are. We are. We are. Tell everybody about this other podcast. Okay. So this other podcast, this will be, I guess, the uh, second Cinema Sins Presents podcast. It's going to mm-hmm. be called Movies Going on 30. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you think all about, about Jennifer that, Garner. Yeah, all about yes. Jennifer Garner. <laughs> it's all about Jennifer Garner. And whatever she's up to. You know, like we, we yeah. dissect every one of those Capital One. Yeah. Commercial. We do, we do. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, and just because we're weird, we're going to actually start with Alias Season 4. Right, We're right, not even right. starting. Yeah. You don't... You, you, Episode I mean, 5. Really, the first three are worthless. Oh, Once they it gets are. to 4, that's where the move, That's where it really starts <laughs> I need to well. know what Rimbaldi... Is it Rimbaldi? Yeah, is who, Rimbaldi? who gets it? Yeah, it's Rimbaldi. The Rimbaldi mentioned in Rimbaldi. the podcast. Which, uh, which was... Uh, that, that was a reference to some, like, horror producer or something like that from the I, 70s. Man, I don't remember now. I think that's what I think it was. you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. So anyway, so movies going on 30 is not about Jennifer Garner. Um, <laughs> she was she was she was a babe in the woods of this year. But we're going to be talking about if you think about it, it's 2019. So if you go back 30 years, it's going to be 1989. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we are going to be. Yeah. Math checks. Out. <laughs> yeah. okay. yep. So we are going to be uh, deep diving into the movies of 1989. And uh, what we decided to do was we're literally going to uh, go week to week. And we'll be covering the movies that came out in the corresponding week to 2019, if that makes sense. Right. So, so there's yeah. a there's a in January of 1989, there were only two weeks. Yes. Where movies were released. So we will release our first episode the second week of January. Yeah, it should be somewhere around the 15th. Yeah. And then the uh, second episode will come two weeks later. But it's not a it's not a every two weeks thing. It's. Just the way that the yeah, way the yeah. release schedule went. Pretty much after that, it should be weekly, and most weeks we'll be covering anywhere from three to four or five movies. Uh, you know, when we get to the summer and stuff, some of those there's only a couple. Yep. Uh, those might be weeks we can actually get some guests on or something to you know and throw some stuff into the mix. But. As we've discussed before, January in 1989, as much as it ever was or has been, was the garbage dumpiest month. Yeah, there was. And that's the reason why there were a few releases. And that's why there are so many movies you've never heard of that yes. came out back then. There are a couple that you've heard. There are. There are. And they and they we have found how weirdly they correspond to movies that are coming out in uh, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that'd yeah. be interesting because you might you might actually end up spotting patterns that you would not ever have seen or parallels. Maybe I will. I will go ahead and, and sneak preview one of those Ooh. patterns. And it's only because I saw Scrooged, and we talked about this in the second episode. But in Scrooged, there's the uh, uh, Alfrey Woodard's son doesn't talk because mm-hmm. uh, his dad died, and he hasn't talked ever since. Now that movie was directed by Richard Donner, mm-hmm. and the uh, movie Three Fugitives, Martin Short's daughter, 
doesn't speak because her mom died uh, a couple of years prior. The producer of Three Fugitives was Lauren Schuler Donner, oh. his, his wife. Wow. So oh. there's something weird going on there that I don't. I, I wonder if they in real life knew a mute kid whose parent had died. Yeah. And they <laughs> both like, just, just adapted it separately. Yeah. <laughs> and the other weird thing, that was a remake of a French comedy. Right. Which this year. Uh, we're getting a remake of um, The Untouchables, right. which, is a, which was a French comedy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, if you remember back to a long time ago when we did the best of the years that we were alive, 1989 was one of the banner years. In mm. fact, so much so that we had to go like three or four levels down to find our eventual favorite, which was hilariously when Harry met Sally. Yes. But that's how deep this year is. So this is perfect material to be mined i'm looking forward to this podcast yeah, yeah this sounds be awesome. awesome yeah and this is just this is just i mean don't think we're gonna stop it too we got yeah. ideas we yeah. got a whole we got a whole podcast kingdom we're gonna build <laughs> that's right <laughs> and and we'll be great kings mm -hmm. and we'll release the grain stores to the masses <laughs> yes I don't know. I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones lately. <laughs> yes, release those grain stores. But I don't think even in that show once do they release the grain stores. HBO really knows how to hit you, don't they? God, they, man, they, I they, lose productivity every time they do this. They, 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 I was, I can't remember the first day that they ran that marathon of season one. I was like, I've seen season one. Uh, I've seen it all the way through twice. Yeah. And I've seen certain episodes, like the first one, maybe four or five times. And I'm still sitting there watching that first fucking episode, like <laughs> like I've never seen it before. Yeah. Like I wonder what happens. Like, <laughs> what like happens my to wife Brand? came in to ask me a question during part of the red wedding, mm -hmm. and I was like, Shh, <laughs> and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, I've seen this five times. Like I know exactly what's going to happen, but I still want to watch it. Yep. Just yep. give me a second. Just give me a second. <laughs> I'm going to have to dive into that soon because I'm the like the only person I think out of all of us, including Dicer, that hasn't watched like the entire series. Hold on, turn off the podcast. Uh -oh. We're going to have to kill him. <laughs> Let's do it right we'll now. Be back in. Uh, but I know. I know with TV sins, eventually we're going to cover later, bigger episodes. So I'm going to have to watch the stuff before mm -hmm. that to be able to to write the script. So I'm looking forward to it. It's yeah. just one of I, I haven't had HBO like consistently mm -hmm. over the last six or seven years, so it's been kind of hard to uh, keep up with it. The, I, I know that we're like completely derailed at this point, but one one thing that's funny about that uh, first season, uh, there's the part where. It's Rob and uh, and it's uh, Lady Stark. What's her name? Cat Catlin. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> the, they they're trying to negotiate with uh, with uh, uh, Walter Frey about the getting across. Oh, yeah, and uh, and uh, he she comes back and says you're going to have to marry one of his daughters. And he goes, was any of them attractive? And he's like, there was one or whatever. And you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Now she he ends up with an absolutely stunning uh, woman. But, but it's funny later on, like third season or whatever, you find out that the one that she was talking about is fucking gorgeous yeah, because <laughs> Lord Edmure's in there getting ready to get married and he's all dreading it. Like, and then she comes in and the veil comes off and his face is so <laughs> fucking perfect because he's just kind of like. Uh, yeah, we jackpot. Yeah, we could have we could have avoided so many things. <laughs> uh, anyway, though the podcast sounds awesome, <laughs> and in you know, I guess by the time this episode we're recording today comes out, it'll only be just like over a week away, right? That's yeah, right. that's yeah. Right. a week Excellent. away. That's Excellent. right. 
Very cool. Uh, so yeah, we're looking forward to it. I, th- I think the the it's cool. Uh, even though the last time I watched every movie in a year, it was 2005, and that turned out to be a sucky year. Uh, there is something about it. There's a there's a climb a mountain type thing sure, yeah. about watching a mo- watching every movie that came out in one year, and we'll miss a few. But there'll be there'll be those really obscure yeah, ones. Yeah, I mean, we're getting all of the major releases, and we're getting a lot of minor releases. Yeah, a lot of minor well. ones, ones that and, you can find. Anyway. And even even. I mean, and there are some really great movies in 89, but one thing I found going through it, I was really glad we picked it, was because there's so much that happens that, like, there's so many interesting transitions with films, like the summer movie season kind of changes a little bit. Uh, Disney gets back on track. I, I think it's going to be really interesting when we talk about Little Mermaid. Yes. Yeah. I don't think a lot of younger people realize how dead in the water Disney <laughs> kind of was. Oh, yeah. Um, at this time, James Bond. That's really interesting. I mean, there, there's just a lot of uh, the the start of the 90s indie scene mm-hmm. kind of makes its footprints in 1989 with Gus Van Sant mm-hmm. and people like that and, and Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. All right. So uh, today we're going to go back on our road trip. Road trip. On the road again. The most time honored tradition of all. The road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Uh, to the to the tiny 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 Rhode Island. Yes, uh, it's not actually an island. Yeah, yeah it's not. Pretentious oh nor, nor is it a road. Nor, <laughs> but it no. is New England. It yes. is yes, most it is. definitely. <laughs> despite some of the other states we've applied that label to. <laughs> you know what? Rhode Island for me. I've driven through Rhode Island. I've never stayed there or mm. anything. Uh, or have I? Yeah, you did. did you I did stay. I did stay. It was Providence. Yeah. So we so we did stay there at one time. But I but Rhode Island also the first time I ever drove through it was the the day that John McCain announced Sarah Palin as his running mate. Wow. So I was listening to the radio of her introduction to the masses huh. driving through Rhode Island, and my horn was stuck on honking. <laughs> <laughs> under protest that is that is the worst by the way i've had that happen before it was, it was like it was like it would honk it would honk and i would sit there and like hit it hit it hit it and it finally just stop and i'm like i'd look around and, I Everybody's like, like, and, uh, and then it would just honk out of nowhere again it's like in uh, little miss sunshine the horn gets stuck yeah. on and the cop pulls it I, over i eventually had to uh pull some wires out of it oh and everything. that's awesome yeah did you clip the red wire or the green wire? Oh, my God. I can't remember. <laughs> but then you were hornless the rest of the time. I was hornless. And there were. I was like, I don't use the horn that much. And then there was like three times that I yeah, had to Just roll down the way. Like, hey! Like, uh, like I, I was one time I had to use my horn and this guy wasn't going at a light. And I like I like hit. This This is a comedy of errors. Okay. I was like, damn it. And I hit, I hit my windshield and it cracked. <laughs> <laughs> this was my old Sentra. I was like, damn, I didn't know you could do that shit. <laughs> My last car. Your car's fucking like falling apart. I know. By the time you Have you guys seen Safe Men? <laughs> yeah. I know oh, we've talked about up. it briefly. Is that Rhode Island? Yes. Yeah, is that, it really? That's really yes, funny. You keep bringing up stuff. <laughs> you 
like loving other drugs? That's like, yeah. fucking crazy. <laughs> well, let's go yeah. ahead and talk about safe. Well, men, okay, because in there they do this thing where they trade high fives, uh, at a, like two sets of two guys, uh-huh. and they all hit, and then the ceiling's so low they smack their hands on the <laughs> ceiling. And I was recreating that in my car. I'd only owned this car for two weeks, <laughs> and I was recreating that and hit the dome light and short circuited something. That dome light never worked for oh, ten shit. more years, I, like, because I was recreating a high five comedy of errors from safe men. So is this Steve Zahn? Yes. And okay. Mark Ruffalo. And Sam Rockwell. Okay, yep. I saw this in the theater. And wow. I, I haven't seen it since, though, so I can't really talk about it. I remember it being funny. Oh, yeah, I it's really funny. it being really, really entertaining. It's pretty charming. Is it a heist comedy, yeah, kind of? Yeah, they get mistaken for safe crackers. Okay, I, yeah. It's by a mobster, back. and then they can't quite, they're actually, they want to be singers, so it's a little, it's like Ishtar meets, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow, yeah, that is Ishtar. Happy Texas, yeah, and basically. Yeah, uh, sounds a little bit like some like it hotter a little bit in there too or yeah like- and uh and then ruffalo and his partner are the real safe crackers and they end up basically competing but then they realize they're all the they like each other and they end up there's even a moment where one of them's like sweet stash bro and the other <laughs> guy's like thanks man he's been growing this mustache uh it's really funny it's not gonna win any awards but uh, i really really liked it i did not know it was rhode island i was bringing yeah. it up because chris breaking his windshield reminded me of breaking my dome light which i was only doing because of safe men what a weird i, I thing. haven't uh, i haven't seen this in forever but i do seem to remember a scene where ruffalo wants to buy something at a store and it's like a little plush toy or something. Do you remember this? Sounds vaguely familiar. And he, and he wants it, but I think his partner's like, no, you can't have that or whatever. And he's just, he has this look on his face like, like, you know, like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like I can't have the plush toy. I think we <laughs> also find out Ruffalo was in on it the whole time and was a good magician. Yes. Yeah, yes. That happened he, yeah, he's exactly. not a cop after all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the puppet master. Yeah. He's 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 going to he's going to go all out to try to stop these guys, but then be on their side the whole time. That would be awesome if that was like a like a like just a trending Mark Ruffalo thing. Like every movie that happened at the mm-hmm. end, no matter what the movie was, like it was like the Hulk or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way. They end up stealing the Stanley Cup. That's what they're going after. At the Are you end. serious? Yes, because the mobster's son's bar mitzvah is happening, and he loves hockey. Ah, so they call a kid little big fat because the mob boss is big fat. Is that, so did, uh, the, did the Paul Bruins Giamatti's win the Stanley no, Cup? No, Paul Giamatti is Big Fat's right hand man. He's like the put upon assistant. <laughs> God, Giamatti um, was in this too. Yes, man, the I guy that's Big this. Fat is the fake Roger Ebert mayor from Godzilla. Oh, no shit. Oh, that's oh, Michael Lerner. Yeah. <laughs> he is Big Fat Tony, and then oh, his son is Lil funny. Big Fat. Fat Tony. And they're trying to steal the Stanley Cup in time for the bar mitzvah. <laughs> uh, I, I would highly recommend it. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I wouldn't put it ahead of, like, Schindler's List. Or <laughs> no, no. It the, does. The, Alpha <laughs> numeric. <laughs> no, it was, it was funny. <laughs> they were competing for the belt there. <laughs> the only time you'll hear safe men in Schindler's List. Yes. Yeah, safe. It was a ninety-eight. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah, right? I think that's yeah. right. Uh, to start our alphanumeric list, and we'll skip over safe men when we get to it. Yeah, excellent. Uh, is the Conjurer? Yeah, yes, sir. Oh. Um, I like this movie. Yeah, I do too. Me too. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the sequel at all. Yeah, I'm the same. And way. I'm not a big fan of. Uh, now I've heard one of the Annabelle movies is supposed to be good. You might know you, the second one. I when I saw it in the theater, I thought it was good. When we did the sins video for it, though, I liked it a lot less. Yeah. It, it, the it, whole universe of the Conjuring, I'm not sure about because yeah. we've got those well, movies, Annabelle, and now the Nun. Yeah, 
is all part of that universe, right? There's yeah. a third Annabelle movie coming out this year. Yikes. Yeah, there's uh they're they're right now they're I mean and, and you know, it happens with the comic book movies too. They're shoehorning too much crap in mm-hmm. to try to get this universe going and everything. Uh it's in Annabelle Creation where they they've already we've already been uh introduced to the nun in Conjuring 2. Correct, yeah. We've already been introduced. We already know that's a thing coming or whatever, but then they shoehorn it in the Annabelle Creation hmm. into a picture that they look at. There's something at the end too, like the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a stinger. Yeah. And I heard the nun wasn't very good. It was not. Yeah. But uh, the first conjuring I liked a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was very good. Uh James Wan, who is I, like we said before, I think James Wan is a great director, and Aquaman is actually a pretty decent movie. Oh, Did you see, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's know. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know how much when you get a director like Wan in on a movie like Aquaman, how much he's really contributing to it. But because I think those things do kind of get, it's yeah. probably more of like trying not to fuck it up as much as snyder and, and whedon and did I, yeah. I will say year, right? he did the the did he do the seventh fast and furious movie uh i don't fucking i know but he did the one where they're on the mountain and there's like that great yeah, he did i'm Fur- not saying it's a did- great movie but there's that great car chase scene on the mountain yeah yeah after they parachuted and yeah I, I think he does really well with action uh, so. weren't the ninja turtles in that scene <laughs> yeah they were they turned into transformers too <laughs> they it's were crazy oh my god that's so crazy um but no yeah i mean he He's done other. I mean, you know, he's done other stuff. I know you don't like Insidious too mm-hmm. much, but I liked Insidious. I a did lot. too. Uh, and he did Insidious two, and he did Furious seven. So he does have some that are just like. But I don't even know really a lot of times is that if those were really his fault or maybe maybe they are. I don't know. Well, The Conjuring he's, is dialed back, and it's more about the Patrick Wilson and is it Vera Farmiga mm-hmm. yes. characters that that are based on the real life Warrens. I yes. Think. Uh, and that's more interesting. That's why I think when you dilute it down to the Annabelles and the nuns and the, the, the other characters coming in here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's teased through all the artifacts that they have, but I think having those two characters as like the, the central focus is where it was successful, at least in the first I, one. That's I agree. Why I liked it. And, and the Annabelle stuff in the conjuring is way creepier than both of the movies. Mm. And if you were going to do an Annabelle movie, I would have almost rather just seen the, why the Warrens ended up with her. Mm-hmm. You know, I would make that a Conjuring movie where they go after Annabelle or whatever. Um, but no, I like that movie. It's got some really good. Um, it's not like I don't know. I don't get scared anymore, but it's definitely like the hand clapping scene is a yep. is a classic, although they did kind of ruin that in the trailer. If you haven't seen this movie for some reason, do not watch the trailer first. But um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It was a it was a really fun time. It's not a movie I've gone back to that much. Mm. But yeah. I, I had a really good time with it. Yeah. It's also, I mean, James Wan does make movies that are just, like, beautiful to look at. And The yeah, Conjuring's yeah. another one of those that's, that's got, you know, it's it's beautiful to look at. And it sort of goes against my, it's got to be grainy, it's got to be grungy, it's got to be dirty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like Saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm exactly. surprised you like this. Is it, I think it's, it's not the power really... of Ron Livingston. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> but also, I feel like this movie is trying to creep me out more than scare me. Yeah, yeah. And I I gravitate more to that kind of horror than I do the scary kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a great cast, and it's a uh, it's it's got a budget. And like I know that's what you're saying. It's kind of more of a, even though it is a bigger budget, I still feel like it fits more in that 70s vein where mm-hmm. we had like The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby, and well that was 68, but The Omen. You had like these big studios making these big horror productions. Mm-hmm. That's what this felt more like than say 
I don't I don't know. I don't I'm trying to think of another example right now, but that that felt more in that vein. So I think that's why it works. Mm-hmm. And the cast is great. Even the kids are really good. Yeah. Um, you've got the God, what is her name? She's in Wish Upon too. That uh, I think her last name's King. Oh, it's a. Uh... Joey King. Joey, Joey King. King. She's great, you know, mm-hmm. and she's just one of the one of the children, you know. And there, there's a, I don't know, just the cast is great. Lily, uh, Lily Taylor's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joey King shaved her head. Did she for a role? But the only reason I know this is because um, there was a story a few months ago on one of those celebrity blogs, TMZ or some such, that she had overheard somebody saying something about her like somebody on an airplane asked to transfer seats because they didn't want to catch her cancer or something and she was all like offended shit and she was like people are judging me just because i shaved my head oh i remember thinking wow whoever thinks you can catch cancer sure is a big moron yeah Mm -hmm. also if she she randomly listens to this i'm sure she's gonna appreciate i said the girl from wish upon yeah um, yeah sorry about that as opposed to the girl from the kissing booth Yes, she might prefer that. <laughs> She's in that Netflix movie, The Kissing. Oh, I've movie. never seen that. No, me neither. I just, again, I read, <laughs> I read headlines. That was a prequel to Bandersnatch. Yeah, it was. no, it's actually one. It's supposed to be one of their more, most watched original films. <laughs> really? Yeah, it came out last year. It's yeah, like yeah. this horrible teeny bopper high school movie that all the Taylor Swift fans liked. I guess. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we move on to a movie I definitely haven't seen: The Curse of Chucky. Mm. I I have seen that. I've seen this no one. shit. <laughs> okay, so Bride, Seed, and Curse kind of all get so, mixed up for me. Yeah. So this was um. So Don Mancini. The, the one thing interesting about the Child's Play films up until this this current remake that's coming out this summer, where they completely kicked him out of the whole project. Uh, Don Mancini has been the creator behind this from the get go, which is kind of interesting because you typically don't get the same person sticking with these films for the whole. He hadn't directed them all or anything, but he's always been there. He mm. wrote them. And so on and so forth. So I think after Seed of Chucky, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, mm-hmm. um, you know, was was a bomb and didn't do well. Uh, he he kind of he was able to bring this franchise back. This was a direct to v- a DVD mm-hmm. uh, movie. And a lot of a lot of horror movie fans uh, really dig this movie. Um, I've seen it once. I did. It's more slashery than it is. Campy. Yeah. And it's a. Uh, it's kind of like uh, it's like a it's like a haunted house kind of situation. I mean, it's not a haunted, it's not a ghost movie, but they're in a big house and it's dark and it's raining outside. I mean, it's kind of got that gothic feel to it. Yeah, yeah, it's voodoo um, and all that stuff. It's got kind of an interesting twist at the end because the whole movie, like he looks like he did originally, whereas you know, if you know in the later sequels, he's all cut up and burnt. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of stuff. And then there's a twist with that. You kind of find mm. out at the end, like where it actually takes place in the universe. Um, I mean, it's you know, it. I I don't. No, it sucks. It's it sucks. not good. It's, it's not bad. good. But but it does have its fans. It sucks. Hmm. I, I always. Wonder. I still think the original is good. I I actually just recently watched that. Oh and, yeah. And um, I still think there's a lot that works in that movie. And I think I like that it's played straight. Hmm. Um, you think the first one's played straight? Yeah. More so than the, I, I think actually the first probably two or three are, I mean, they're definitely supposed to be like straight up horror films. I mean, they're not supposed to be comedies. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be like what Bride of Chucky was doing or what Seed of Chucky was doing. They're not paying homage to anything. I mean, they're just, it's just a straight up slasher film in yeah. the 80s. Just uh, happens I, to be a maybe, puppet. Yeah. Maybe it's because I came late to the party and I never saw any Child's Play movies until Bride of Chucky came out. Yeah. Um, 
but uh when i went back to watch child's play and we did the sins video for it it felt like it was it was it, it was straight it was straighter mm. but it still felt kind of ridiculous to me and i'm not yeah it definitely has its moments and especially when you find well the one thing about the original i remember and i'm sorry we're getting sidetracked with that because i know that's not a rhode island movie but one thing about the original i find it odd that they tried to make it a mystery at first mm-hmm. because everything with the advertising was that it's a killer doll mm-hmm. so they try to make it seem like maybe andy the kid is the killer mm-hmm. um yeah. so once it gets to where you know it's chucky because the first couple of kills are like from a point of view it's like an old school slasher pov mm-hmm. perspective once you find out it's chucky it kind of gets rolling. and there are some scenes in there where it, it is it's a little silly because the, i mean it's puppet work the, ca- and, the car scene yeah 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 <laughs> and there's like this but there is that one scene where he uh he i don't know if you remember this but he goes to like the witch doctor or whatever i guess the guy mm-hmm. that taught him how to do voodoo yeah i always find that scene very creepy mm-hmm. um and i find him somewhat scary in that moment as scary as a doll can be and i think that movie does a good job of making you understand why he would be able to effectively uh dispatch of some of these people mm-hmm. my favorite chucky movie is ready player one Yes, that's true. That is, is the, that might that? be the best yeah. use of Chuck. They use them as a weapon. <laughs> everything's everything's in that. I, yeah. I tweeted this that that came. That's been on HBO for a few weeks yes. now, and I tried to watch it the first night it came on, and I got about twenty minutes in and said, "This that it's just there's no way I'm going to like this. This was just not made for me." Yeah, I don't know if I'm you too should, old. Uh, watch, watch the whole thing. See, see if you like it the whole way. Hey, you're not gonna like it. Never mind. The first twenty minutes, and I, I, think, I don't. I was not connected to any would, of that shit. I think you would actually enjoy reading the book. Actually. See, now that's yeah, something yeah, I yeah. should do for sure. Yeah, the book's better. The book is better, and 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 not just because it's that you know that uh, I don't know that seems elitist a lot of times just to say the book's better. No, whatever. no. In this case, in this just case, it's just qualitatively that it's is clearly better. Yeah because of how he solves the puzzles and there's a more uh, focus on solving the puzzles rather than oh this has already been solved we just got to figure out what we got to do next and then like the just <laughs> we could go on and on about ready player one <laughs> but uh yeah um i'd say read the book okay yes. but um, uh, curse of chucky not good yeah no, better than you would think but not good dan in real life i've never seen this, this i haven't is either the, uh, steve carell uh, resting his head on pancakes uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, Dane Cook, I think, is in this. Right? Is he? Yeah. Dane know. Cook is playing his brother. Uh, this is oh, a good movie. Julia Binoche is in this. Yes, I've seen this. Yeah, so you is, liked uh, it, Emily Blunt. I really like this movie. I it, I have forgotten most of it. I just remember he falls in love with his brother's girlfriend. Yes, unbeknownst that he doesn't knownst that she is his. But even after he finds he's out, he's still, still trying to make yeah, it happen. So he falls in love with Dane Cook's girlfriend? Indeed. Yes. And who is she? His that's that's Julia Binoche. Julia Binoche and Dane Cook? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, my God. They're the original odd couple. I bet that chemistry alone makes that movie worth it. No, it's good. You know, uh, okay, so this was, what year was this? 2007. So this was still Steve Carell being known primarily as a comedian mm-hmm. through 40-Year-Old Virgin and through... Um, and the office. the office and stuff like that. So this, I think, was the first time that I really showed, besides maybe um, Little Miss Sunshine. I was going to say, was it, this was around that time, right? Right around there. Where yeah, Little Miss Sunshine came out just before this. He but. is normal and dialed back and on the verge of being depressed. He doesn't like where he's at in life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for him to meet women, so that's why he falls directly in love with Ju- Who wouldn't fall in love with Julia Binoche? But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's a weird kind of family dynamic and everything. 
It has a nice happy ending, but like his performance, I thought was unlike anything I had seen before besides Little Miss Sunshine. Hmm. I like it a lot. I don't. I just don't remember it very well to to remember. It's if a I very it. Saturday afternoon. I might. I'll have movie. to check it out. I, it always looked a little pretentious to me. I think that it was there was something about it that was very off putting to me. Oh no! But but, it, but if you're no. recommending it, I'll it check was it the out. Pancakes. It was Maybe, the pancakes. Yeah. Could I don't be. know. It just it was <laughs> around that like time. It was whatever that kind of movie was around that time. Just I don't know. I was didn't want to watch it. <laughs> and Allison Pill yeah. plays his uh, his daughter. Yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, um then we have Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. I saw this. This is uh, the it, mainly Guillermo del Toro is known for writing the screenplay for this. Uh it came out it was one of those like dump jobs. I can't remember when it came out, but it was like um was like was it oh it was in august august 26 that's a that's essentially september i feel like it did okay too like i think it was a moderate 36 million yeah. oh is that all it made um i can't remember i can't pinpoint exactly why i hated this movie so much but i did <laughs> i don't remember it that well i i think it was just one of those things where it, i think what is there's a monster in the basement mm-hmm. is that what it is mm-hmm and they have to feed the monster um, and and it's all in dark yeah, yeah. i think there's multiple yeah. monsters actually i think they're little yeah, creatures they're all in and this... they take teeth because i that's the one thing i remember there is a scene with teeth yeah. that is very unnerving yeah i think that's what it is i think yeah. i think it was that like so these creatures have been going hungry they need teeth to live but it's been like years and years and years and I'm like, how in the world have they survived for this long if yeah. they just need teeth and and everything? And yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah. some and it's, unnerving things. It's in it, a but. remake of a TV movie from the 70s. Oh yeah, with mm. Kim Darby, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. It was one my mom was a big fan of, and she showed it to me like we rented it or something. And I don't remember much about it either, other than it just scared the hell out of me because I was probably like six or seven when I saw it. That's that one's much higher rated. On yeah, the that's a pretty popular. But TV only this movie. one has Katie Holmes. Does have Katie Holmes? <laughs> ah, yeah. Ah. See, I forgot about that. Well, no, I remember. I was like, oh, I like Katie Holmes. Man, this movie sucks. <laughs> Guy Pierce is in it too. <laughs> Guy Pierce. Has What's been it called? Don't be afraid of the dark. Uh-huh. Guy man, Pierce has been in some weird shit, I might, man. I might just throw this into my record warn later, but I just saw... I, there's all these weird movies now. I just ran into this movie on Hulu with Guy Pierce and Pierce Brosnan. Oh, yeah? That never made it to the... It was a 2018 film like, called The Spinning Man, I think is what it was called. It, it's not good, but uh, it, you're just sitting there like, this has Guy Pierce and Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Like, why does nobody know this movie exists? And then you watch it and you're like, oh, okay. There are a lot of those. Though. I know. There are those where it has like 50 stars, name yeah. stars in it. And you're like, oh, this didn't there's, get a release? Yeah, there's a bunch of like Morgan Freeman and Tommy Lee Jones and Morgan Freeman and John Cusack. Yeah. And yeah. Morgan yeah. Freeman's in a lot of these. Morgan yeah. Freeman and Morgan Freeman. <laughs> right. <laughs> Double Morgan Freeman. Morgan. Yes. And in The Simple Factor. Yeah, exactly. Like, what is that? What? Morgan and Morgan for the people. <laughs> um... One of many Farrelly brother movies that we will uh, cover here, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, um, this so was I their guess they start out there. Yeah, they're from Rhode Island. Yeah, so okay. yeah, the movie starts out from there too. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is their. This is, I think, this is their first. It might be their first movie. Um, I don't know if they had made anything just before this, because um, this was ninety four. Well, I just remember the the next one was marketed but as from the idiots. What brung you, Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> yeah, it is, it is the first so movie that. Am they I came the out only with. one here that doesn't like this? No, Jeremy. No, doesn't. I don't oh, like okay, this movie. Cool. At all. I, I, I love this movie. I love Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah. 
Um, it's yes, it's got their trademark sick humor in it and everything, and and that turns a lot of people off. But man, there's so many funny things in this. I mean, just just the simple thing of of Jim Carrey walking out in of a, a bar and seeing the newspaper headline man walks on the moon and he's like oh my god you, you can believe that that's amazing and um and uh you know the you know so you're saying there's a chance mm-hmm. and there's uh there's just a million things in dumb and dumber that are funny yes there's some very gross and there's some very stupid things in there yes, I, I can watch it and i can totally see what people are finding funny just for whatever reason it's not connecting with me uh this is just not my kind of comedy i guess is the main thing it had to be those two though yeah. like at this point in their their careers oh yeah for sure it had to be jim carrey going over the top and then jeff daniels somehow matching but not trying to get up to the level of jim carrey manicdom man mm. can anybody play dumb and smart as well as that guy Jeff Daniels? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Don't you know what I mean? So. You yeah. watch something like The Newsroom, and then right. you watch Dumb and well, Dumber. And I yeah. think he gives the better performance in the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, yeah, Jim Carrey's still doing his oh, 1994 yeah. Jim Carrey mm. stuff. Right? So here's my... There's a lot of funny shit in this movie. Mm. I even laugh at some of the dumb shit, like the little kid with his dead bird. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Pretty bird! Oh. <laughs> but when I saw this movie, what I... This is how this is the lens I viewed this movie through. Xlax diarrhea jokes, mm-hmm. tongue stuck on a frozen pole jokes, and I just Check. it felt like very unoriginal to me. It doesn't help now that I'm kind of reliving this experience. One of my infamous college ex girlfriends. This was a date we went to. Oh, uh, <laughs> is not good. Not not a good one. No, she's not good. She was not a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're talking about the movie or the date? No, the the date and the and the woman and the yes. all of them were not good. <laughs> all of this this was this was on a trip to her hometown where I was meeting her mother and brother for the first oh. time. Brother is a ginormous ex military guy with PTSD who looked like he wanted to smash my head like the mountain in Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, I just have I have issues. Yeah, and it, I, might, I may have colored my viewing of this movie through that <laughs> there are clearly jokes in here that are ridiculously dumb and stupid yeah. like like not just the title aside which is telling you exactly what you're getting into oh, yeah. uh yes the it's funny to me that i don't like shit jokes in general i like that shit joke yep. <laughs> that is a great i mean if if i mean that's a that's a mount rushmore shit joke yeah it really is i mean i i'll give it that it it, it the, the especially the part that when he finds out the the toilet doesn't flush and then he's like he's like there's a point where he tells the toilet flush you bastard <laughs> <laughs> Uh, i don't know man like usually i'm more like with jeremy or jonathan on these things like well i don't know you you feel differently about this movie like that's why i don't get into idiocracy all Mm. that much is because everybody's too dumb right like how how are you even alive at this point Mm -hmm. because you're that dumb no and they're at this level in dumb and dumber and idiocracy uh, idiocracy is not a good movie It, it makes us laugh because we see little elements of our everyday life that, right, right, that right. it is poking fun of you yeah. <laughs> and so i don't think it i don't think it works because on a surface level i right. think it only works on a meta level right and um and yeah comedy level i think it's the same kind of thing but yeah, that, yeah, but yeah the, i think so the bird scene the one thing i always remember about dumb and dumber and you might remember this too 
But Roger Ebert gave this a fairly negative review, like he gave it like two stars. Mm. But he did say about the bird scene, he said, I haven't laughed this hard in forever. Yeah. Something like that. They put that shit on the poster. I hadn't laughed this hard in forever. Right? And he loved it. He he talked about it forever after that because he thought so it was funny. hilarious that they put so that funny. on the poster. I just thought he was real quiet. Um so yeah, uh, it, it'll be it's it's interesting, isn't it? Dumb and Dumber has maybe half and half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like there's great jokes, and then there's others that are just off putting, and it depends on which one uh, sticks its head out Is, more. It, have you have you seen the sequel? Was it really bad? Oh yes, it was. Okay. Sequel's not funny. The prequel's bad. not funny. No, no. Yeah, yeah. So the prequel was actually set in Rhode Island too, but the sequel, I guess they're off doing their own I, thing I, yeah I, I can't remember actually but, it's called phoning it in yeah <laughs> um uh, but uh and then we have another one hall pass this is when the fairleys have have definitely fallen from from grace did they yeah. direct this God, yeah. I didn't even know they that. did direct it okay um i think they did yeah they did um yeah, this it, is this is male wish fulfillment in the form of jason sudeikis and owen wilson and it's at the expense of the female characters that are trying to justify themselves as being emboldened by this. Have you seen this movie? Uh, no. This is where you where you get a hall pass as a married couple. Yes. You can sleep you with can, whoever you want to mm -hmm. for whatever period of time. Yeah. And which is those a, happen exactly, which is a total male wish fulfillment thing, right? And they take it into predictable levels. It's not funny. It's not. It's just. It's a bad. Movie. And they're married to Jenna Fisher and Christina Applegate. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that makes like, it even. Oh worse. my God! How could we? How can we live? Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Poor Christina Applegate, man. One day I'm going to go down and write how many. <laughs> horrible movies horrible comedy she's in <laughs> she's got so funny oh, she's hilarious and she's she's got anchorman <laughs> yep but she's got a whole laundry list of like hard like like i can't it, it's amazing every time you get to a horrible comedy she's somehow in it <laughs> <laughs> she's it's, even in father's day i mean yeah. at least don't tell mom the babysitter's dead you can go she's trying to start a film career because she was still doing married and married with children i i think because that's not a very good show but the people that are in it are very good and mm -hmm. she i mean she's one of them you know she stands out in that and i think she kind of got stuck in that kind of rut for a while and then she finally broke out a little bit with anchorman but then she started doing other shit look, look uh, so she's uh, to varying degrees of success here you can say bad moms i guess is a good movie or whatever to some, to, to some oh yeah for some right. for some people no, not I me that she was i in hate that. bad moms but she's in that she's enough in, people like she's it. in a bad mom's christmas it was a hit yeah uh, but then there's like, uh, there's some movies I haven't ever heard of. She's in the Alvin and Chipmunks movies as a voice. She's in the vacation. vacation yeah. Um, she's in Anchorman two, which is not good. Mm -hmm. Uh, hall pass. Um, what else is in there? Uh, I like the rocker, but I don't think a lot of people do. Um, then there is employee of the month. Yuck. Um, there is surviving Christmas. Oh, um, view from the top. Oh. Um, the sweetest thing, which uh, some, a lot of women I know like. Really? My I wife, my wife that loves movie. that movie. Is yeah. view from the top? Is that the Mike Myers? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. Movie? yeah. I've never seen it. And then, and then in the nineties, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a bunch of hit and miss type of stuff. Like Mars attacks is in there and mm. stuff like that. Don't tell mom a babysitter's dead but yeah it's just crazy how many of those that she's in and if you see her like on a talk show or just on any she's so funny yeah like she's just naturally such a funny person mm -hmm. 
Um, she has exquisite breasts. Yes, all oh, that. That's that's one of my favorite scenes of all time with her. Um, but Hall Pass is terrible. Yeah, Hall Pass is uh, awful. Give Hall Pass a pass oh, when you go to your nice. when you go through your video selections. Yeah. Uh, another Fairly Brothers, me, myself, and Irene. Now that movie is Rhode Island as fuck. Yeah, it is. Is this watchable? Uh, define watchable. I found myself watching this movie multiple times. I have two. I would pick this over Dumb and Dumber. The the oh, the man. first time he breaks and changes into oh in the grocery store. That that whole sequence of stuff that happens is funny to me. It now, is. I have to look at this with a little bit different eyes too uh, these days because the the one of the scenes that I thought was super funny. Maybe it's not funny today. There's a point where. He he like goes and he sees Shannon Worry, who's like a softcore porn actress uh-huh. or whatever, um, on a bench, like nursing nursing a child. And then mm. you see him down there sucking on her tits. Right, 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 right. And then there's like a there's a point where like right after that he's in the he's in the car and he's got a milk mustache. <laughs> I, I I may or may not have seen that scene because I may or may not have one day Googled Shannon Weary scenes. It's possible. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it sometimes happens. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I, I'm looking for like yeah. uh, silverware yeah. and I accidentally it, the autocomplete <laughs> I think that joke is still funny. <laughs> The autocompletes is Shannon Weary. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Okay, so he's got Anthony Anderson yeah. and two other guys are his three grown black sons right. that he doesn't know <laughs> are right. his. I need to right. see this movie. Yeah. Have you not oh, ever seen it? No, I haven't. I, uh, yeah, I missed it. Because his wife stuff? slept with the limo driver yeah. who was a dwarf. Yeah, yes. the, the dude from Bad Santa. <laughs> yeah, the guy yeah. from Bad yep. Santa. Yeah. Yep. And... Um, and he didn't, he didn't know these kids weren't his and it's a running joke, the whole, but they're also super geniuses. Yeah. yeah. They're because, like, yeah, cause he's Elon a, Musk super, cause yeah, cause that guy Mensa. was in Mensa. Yeah. They met at Mensa, the, the, the former wife who's from the pizza place show, right? Yeah. It's uh, I think it's, is it trailer Howard? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Hmm. Um, the two guys, a girl in a pizza place. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh the yeah, girl from that show about. I think is who's Jim Carrey's wife. I'm looking this. for. Her. I think that's her. Na- yeah, Trailer Howard. Um, and so there's a lot of comedy there. Um, because they have a. They actually, if you take aside the absurdity of their relationship and his three grown black children that he doesn't know aren't his biological children, there's an actual awesome loving father and son relationship between all of them. Yeah, like they, like they really truly love their dad. Um, I. I think it's not great, but probably better than well, most a, remember it. There's yeah. a part. These guys, these guys, uh, like these sons are like just like motherfucker every other word. Yeah. <laughs> and you it, forgot the motherfucking hot pot news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, I can't find the atomic mass of this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch this movie again. Uh, this was like what? This is like 2001 or something. 2000. Yeah, it's 2000. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, I missed a lot around that time. I, think so. what, I don't know. I think when it gets on the road trip part of it with Renee Zellweger and everything, that's where it sort of starts to fall a little bit. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. even then, had there's some jokes in there like him pissing on the wall, like yeah. to the right <laughs> and above him. Why are you peeing like I was up all night having sex? Yeah. And um, so there's there. Again, this is another one of those movies. Do, do the bad jokes or the good jokes end up rearing their head in this thing? Yeah. And that's your ultimate opinion of that. This movie, is kind of right at the edge of uh, Jim Carrey's like comedy chops. 
You know what I mean? Like, right before Fun with Dick and Jane and fucking Yes Man and all that stuff. This is him at a a pivot point, and this is the Fairley Brothers at a pivot point. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird how that worked out. Like after this, the Fairley brothers made stuff like stuck on you and shallow how and all that. And, you know, it's like, well, they've lost something. They've yep. lost some of their magic and Carrie, Yeah. Fun with Dick and Jane and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, man. Which is a decent movie. It's you know, decent. I actually watched yes, man for the first time uh, a few weeks ago. I, yeah, it was decent. It's, I, yeah. I was, I, cause I really didn't like fun with Dick and Jane. Like that was a movie that really turned me off of Jim Carrey for a while. And uh, so I think that's why I didn't go. I didn't see some of these like Thank You, Philip Morris. And yeah, yeah. And, and, oh, uh, Thank You, Philip Morris is great. Yeah, I know it is. I've re- I've seen it mm. since and uh, it's excellent. So I love you, Philip Morris. Right? I love you, Philip yeah, Morris. Love you, yeah. Philip. Thank you for smoking. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what I was about to say, <laughs> which is also a great movie. Uh, then there's I think this is a fairly affiliated movie. They didn't do. Did they direct Osmosis Jones? They uh, did. Just, Holy shit! They they did. directed the live action parts, but the the uh, I was reading about this. The animated parts had already been in the can for like years. Oh really? Like, what? And then the animated parts had what already movie? been Osmosis Jones. Oh, so oh. they directed all the Bill Murray stuff, but then the Fairley Brothers did. But then the animated stuff with Chris Rock and with uh, David Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce. Uh, that, that had already been set. I don't ah. remember liking this. I didn't. I, I don't remember much this. about it, but I don't remember liking. I it. remember liking the animated parts, and yeah, the stuff with Bill fair. Murray is gross and disgusting. There were I a ton of design. these weird comedies coming out in this era. Like, not not that they're all the same or anything, but Osmosis Jones, What Planet Are You From? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a lot of just weird, like out of nowhere. Pluto Nash. Pluto Nash. <laughs> Was that Gary Shandling? Yeah. Yeah. What, what oh, planet I've are you seen from? that. Yeah. That movie's great. Yeah, no, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I, I never saw Osmosis Jones. Yeah, I don't think I did. It's like Inner Space. It's, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's the, the white blood cells versus the, the red blood cells and stuff like that. And, you know, I always am kind of entertained. The The bloods versus the crypts. In the body. I'm kind of entertained by that stuff. All right. Yeah, well, fair enough. Uh, then there's uh, other people's money. Uh, Norman Jewison directed this. Danny DeVito. Yeah, I don't remember if I saw this or not. I did. I mean, I remember it being a very funny movie. I've seen it a few times. It's been a long time since I've watched it, but uh, <laughs> it's one of Danny DeVito's better performances. Like he's a real bastard. In this movie. He is. How the fuck does Danny DeVito in movies in this era in the 80s and 90s get women like? Penelope Ann Miller <laughs> and fucking just can can rack these beautiful women up. God bless him. He's yeah. a, he's a talent. He's funny. He's fuck me. Well, this man. Is, yeah, this is him at his because I mean, just a few years before this, he does Ruthless People, which I think is that's one of my all time favorite comedies, and I yeah. think he's just brilliant in that. And then he kind of kind of this is kind of that same type of character. Yeah. in other people's money, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I I can't. It's hard for me to talk about it because it's been so long. Oh, but I remember is, uh, it being funny. Gregory Peck. He tries to take. In fact, I think he does do a, t- a hostile takeover of like. Gregory Peck owns this small family-owned business. In oh, Rhode is it Gregory Island. Peck? It was, uh, that's uh, it. It brings me to this thing you're talking about. De- Devito getting all these beautiful women and everything. It brings me to a a Family Guy joke, which Family Guy is also Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's <laughs> like a cutaway to like when Devito uh, uh, proposed to Rhea Perlman, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, all right, Rhea, it's either me or nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> It's so mean. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a two puncher there. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. Then uh, the Fairley brothers did not direct this, but they wrote outside Providence. Saw it. 
Uh, what'd you think? Hated it. Really? This is your boy from Alpha Dog. Yeah, I know. Sean Hattesey. Sean Hattesey. You didn't like this at all? He's not my boy. I think he's your boy. He's the killer in Alpha Dog. Yes, he is. He's a bad person. Uh, <laughs> this movie is famous in my mind uh, for the uh, introducing me to the phrase, the, the teenage lingo for a sex act, stink fingered. Ah, yes. <laughs> Which is not anything I had ever heard until I'm watching this movie. Am I wrong? Do I have the wrong movie? Uh, I don't I remember. Seen, I don't, oh, you so, were making a face like, I've like seen I had got it, it wrong. But I don't. Re- I mean, but it's it's been. Barrett, since would it you came please out. Google "stink fingered" and yeah, Google Providence and see if uh, I'm right? I remember it being a very bland movie that I felt like thought it was more important than it was. Yeah, Alec Baldwin's the dad, right? Yeah, and yeah. Trying to be raunchy for the sake of raunch. You are correct. Thank uh, you. Okay, so I read this book before I saw the movie. Oh, well, I didn't know it was a book. Wait a minute, you Googled "stink finger" and he it did. said it it originated in Outside Providence. It automatically brought up Outside Providence. And did it bring up some? Okay. And weary films yes. did, it, did it bring up tool too because they have a song called stink fist that's Ooh, true that's right that's a great song yeah uh this book is really really endearing like it's a coming of age story about uh, growing up outside providence based on peter farrelly's background of going to a boarding school in connecticut so he wrote it he wrote it yeah oh, okay and then uh, the book uh or the movie was directed by somebody else like chris said and i don't know Some how much he had corrente with... something yeah. yeah and alec baldwin is is good especially like he calls his son dildo all the time he's like hey dildo yeah uh it's not as good as the book, but I had nice feelings in my belly for, for All right. this uh, Well, this I, I remember it felt like, I don't know if I even knew the Fairley brothers had any connection to the story at all, but it felt like a, a Fairley knockoff to me when I saw it. That's it's got some how gross I wrote stuff. it off in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, yes, when I was in middle school, whatever words we were using never involved stink finger. <laughs> <laughs> These are a rough rough group of kids though. yeah they are they are but that was new lingo to me i thought maybe that was like new england slang i also yeah, had a really weird that. experience with this movie where it was one of those i'm sure you guys have had these incidents where i was like i was with a friend it was so random that we brought up this movie because this is probably like 10 years ago i mean this was well after the movie had come out so we're just talking about this movie walk into like a jersey mike's or something no shit this movie is playing on the tv oh wow mm-hmm. and the jersey mike's. wow wow <laughs> That's well. I don't even have a TV at my Jersey Mike's. Or actually, they do, but they always play college football. Yeah, that's mm. what I got. Yeah. Uh, then we have this is a very good movie, Reversal of Fortune. Oh, this is excellent. an awesome movie. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Irons and Glenn Close, mm-hmm. and um, who was it? It was Barbet Schroeder that directed yeah, this. Yeah. 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 Um, this is a a real life case about uh what what's who's the who's Sonny the, Von Bulow? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. like in Seinfeld where they did they have the coma episode. Yeah, it's like I'm a man who respects a good coma. Summer summer a little later. If you got a real good Sonny Von Bulow <laughs> coma going on, <laughs> oh, wow. now you're working on. So, uh, so the 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 case comes about because she's sick and then she dies. She's in a coma. She's in a coma. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, but the idea is whether or not he was responsible for killing her or even putting her in the coma Put her in the first in the coma. place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, Ron Silver playing Alan Dershowitz in this. Yep. And he's great. Yeah. Ron Silver is amazing in this. Uh, yeah. And Alan Dershowitz, uh, I don't know if still was considered the top legal mind of our time. I, I have never seen a fall from grace so rapid. Right. By just adjoining himself there's, with a certain I think there's ethos. something else to this story that we will find out later. His alliance with uh, with Trump and with Trump followers and stuff like that 
have really taken this guy down to to levels that you wouldn't think of because he is a brilliant legal mind yeah that's the thing how do you how do you go from being the guy that everybody wants to seek out legal advice from mm-hmm. to to this yeah so and, um and this is a great example of that movie we talk about movies for adults that just aren't really made anymore yeah they don't really and, seem to make these and you've got a director like in his prime firing in all the senders you know schroeder had just done barfly a couple mm-hmm. years prior to this you got glenn close like in her peak man she done like dangerous liaisons and yeah. fatal attraction and all this shit jeremy irons is awesome right i mean it's just it's a great story it's a great cast a great director and it's just it's beautiful it's mm-hmm. just it, oh it's a Hell of a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, high recommend Reversal oh, of yes. Fortune. Um, and, and just Jeremy Irons. I think he won the Oscar for this. He's really, really good in this. Um, he's just, I don't know, the way he, the way he is, he he, the way he is in this movie is just, y- yeah. you, you never know quite whether to yeah. say he's done it or not, mm-hmm. or like he, he's, he, he, you feel he's capable of doing it anyway, but you don't know, you know, right. let and, the chips and fall he plays where they that, may. Mm-hmm. He plays that dynamic very well. Like, yeah. you, like you said, you, you even like him at times. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, he's cool. Yeah. Oh, no, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> You're going back and forth the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, an, another Fairly Brothers. This is their <laughs> most popular one. There's something about Mary. Mm-hmm. Wow. And even that movie is only like the first third in the new england area right because then don't they all go down to florida correct yeah 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 playing the dolphins you dumbass (laughs) (laughs) this is cameron diaz oh she is so adorable in this movie she is this is the perfect example of somebody and not that we want to encourage this but you could believe that several men are completely obsessed with this woman because she's perfect in every way but this feels a lot nicer than hall pass like this feels like you know like you were talking about sure yeah male fulfillment i mean i still think that's going on here but she's a very uh, i mean as strong as a female character is in a fairly brothers movie i mean she she totally is yeah yeah you know it, it maybe this was not the point of the movie but i i always think about poor ben stiller in this movie and how it, is it considered stalking what he does in this movie mm, yeah. he gets caught he gets caught up in something that he doesn't quite know how to navigate he wants to find her doesn't know how to find that's the stalk i guess that's the more the stalk part right there but it's is also pre-facebook actually, is that he actually hires somebody to go find her that's the that's the part that's probably the worst out of that whole thing mm, but then sure. he doesn't know that dylan is is as creepy as he is and then he just wants to see her again he doesn't really want to do anything like like chris elliott ends up being like right. you know i don't know it, it yeah i don't want to make I don't want to make excuses for what he does. In the, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not in that business. I always think about, he seems, it seems innocent, but it really isn't. Well, that's the beauty of the movie is how he keeps stumbling into more <clears throat> progressively more outlandish situations through no fault of his own, picking mm-hmm. up a hitchhiker, ending up in fucking jail and all that <laughs> stuff. And you know, there's just, He's trying, he is trying to, despite like the, the outcomes, he's trying to do the right thing. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But if he didn't do the stalking in the first, or didn't try to look her up in the first place, which he was convinced to do by Chris Elliott. Yeah. Then it wouldn't have, you know, right. done the whole thing. But yes. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's 50-50. Is he is he the better of the creeps? Is that what it ends up? I don't. Being? I see. I don't think there is a better. And, and when once you've crossed that line, yeah. there's just not a better out of that. Like yes, to I guess if you want to go into degrees here, but nobody does anything other than the stalking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nobody does anything. Well, Matt Dillon does go pretty far. Like he, he even bugs the apartment at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he drugs and like, the puppy. Yeah, and he 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 uh knows that they're listening to his phone conversations. <laughs> right, I mean, right. invents that bullshit thing with Jeffrey Tambor. Um <laughs> And then you have uh, Lee Evans in this uh, that who just has gone complete. Like I don't even know what his end game is. I don't either. <laughs> he, you know, he, he's he's turned into he's turned himself into this guy who walks around on crutches and everything. But there's no end game. He doesn't seem like he's <laughs> he actually. Just wants to be he just wants to screw everybody else up, yep. basically. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I yeah, I guess there are degrees in there. But still, once you pass the stalking line, <laughs> there's not really much that you can. You you can hang your hat Ben's, on this might be my favorite ben stiller performance yeah though. it's one of them i mean he's he's so and i was actually on so speaking about the years we were alive i was on the 98 episode mm -hmm. and i think i said this then but his facial his reaction when he's in the park and the lights come on him and then all of a sudden he realizes there's all those guys in yeah the, <laughs> yeah his his facial expression <laughs> is amazing right after richard oh jenkins God. like early in the movie has said yeah. that rest areas yeah. are a <laughs> haven for gay men <laughs> and everything like they they make it pay off uh towards towards you know in that one spot and that hitchhike oh the harlan God. williams thing is so, so great. funny so great. the the part where like they like they the the investigators have uh they don't even they don't know he doesn't know why he's in there. He thinks it's because he picked up a hitchhiker, but they think it's because he's been killing hitchhikers. Yeah. And he does that whole, that whole question, like, how many have you done in your life? Hitchhikers? My whole life. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, I don't know, 15, 16. <laughs> and what's funny too is that he's picked up that many hitchhikers. <laughs> it works on a pretty good level. And then like, um, and then like the, they, they finally find out they've made the mistake and he's already in the cell next to like this big hulking <laughs> yeah. dude. And he's just got this look on his face like, yeah, well, I kind of expected this when I went to jail and I was going to get, you know, yeah. ass raped or yeah, whatever. Like, it, I always wonder, like, did something happen? I, I think it's implied that, yeah. yes, something did. Um, Watch your cornhole. Yeah. But uh, it's another thing. We were talking about Christina Applegate. When Christina Applegate is allowed to be funny, she's really funny. And like, Cameron Diaz has a lot of great lines oh, in this. Yeah? You may not rem you may not remember due to all the outrageousness that's in there, but Cameron Diaz has a lot of great moments yeah. in there. Um, uh, like especially when she's like just talking to Ben Stiller and and uh, he's asking her why he's, she's never gotten married. He says, "Well, I'm bisexual, so <laughs> that that has a lot of that's something a lot of guys can't understand or whatever." And Ben Stiller is like sitting there like. Well, you know, I guess if you ask honestly, of all women, it was like, he's like, I'm fucking with you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's something about Mary's great. And then uh, we round out the Barrett has watched it list with The Witches <laughs> of Eastwick. Oh, uh, which, I love this movie. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I really love this movie. This is Have one of my. This? I saw it once. I love Jack in this. I think I saw it before I appreciated yeah. movies enough to really see what would what was good about it. Yeah, I've watched this movie he a is, lot. Uh, he's hamming it the fuck up. I mean, he's the devil. So And it's based on a John to. Updike novel, which a lot of people don't realize, and it's a really good book too. Yeah. But uh and George Miller directed this yeah. thing. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. 
Uh, but uh, a, a big triumvirate of uh, amazing stars here. Cher, you have Michelle Pfeiffer, you have Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this Ugh. is kind of like Reversal of Fortune. This is an era where they're firing on all cylinders. Like mm-hmm. these are just great. This is just a great cast. And Ugh. it just completely Susan works. Susan Sarandon, man. Even among those three, Susan Sarandon just, I can't take my eyes off. I agree. Yeah. What's the yeah. witch movie Bruce Willis is in? Death uh, Becomes Her? Death Becomes Her. Uh, is that Meryl Streep? Yes. 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 That Goldie movie and, and Witches of Eastwick, completely the same movie in my brain. Mm. Wow. <laughs> they're very I, different. I've seen them both. I'm sure they're very different, but in my brain, same movie. <laughs> I, I actually, I will say, though, I really like Death Becomes Her, too. But I, yeah, Witches of Eastwick. You were rattling off Michelle Pfeiffer and Susan Sarandon. I kept waiting for Meryl Streep, and then he didn't say it. I was like, surely he's not going to skip Meryl Streep. And then I went, wait, maybe that's not the same movie. Yeah, no, maybe it's that's not a the different same movie. movie. By no, the this way, is, this is very good. The, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get to this movie for any reason, but uh, but She Devil. Do you remember She Devil? Yeah, Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr. I remember it. How yeah. the fuck did they get Meryl Streep in that movie? I have no idea. I have no idea. That, that movie is awful. one of the unfunniest things I've ever seen. It is. Like it's it. There is a there's a certain degree of unfunny. Mm-hmm. There, it's it's not only unfunny, but it's like it's like real mean spirited. <laughs> and like louis ck yeah exactly and mm-hmm. uh and there's there, like there's ed bagley jr who's like usually very likable and everything is such a cock in that in yep. that in that movie um is that roseanne's like only movie like that's her only like starring role isn't it i can't think of anything it might else. be her only star i mean role. that's that's who it's it's not a it's not about meryl streep I mean, that movie is 100 percent about roseanne yes so yeah like you said i don't know what meryl streep was doing in that film hey they got her in mama mia too for three seconds <laughs> for reflection. oh my god i never want to see that movie after watching the... <laughs> nor should you oh god oh, that's bad and she's got 30 credits and a lot of times she's playing herself so okay i don't okay. i mean I, yeah. I just don't remember another one where it was i don't like... think i don't think a starring vehicle no. no um then uh on to the uh barrett didn't watch this list we have 41 documentary about one of the people who died in the fire at the great white show holy yeah. shit in 2003 it, the place wasn't up to i want to say the place wasn't up to it had up to fire codes or whatever and there was some uh they had some pyrotechnics there might have even been something though where they were told not to do it and then they did it anyways and um yeah, i remember and this. then something got set on fire and a couple people oh, died. so it's pyrotechnics that, that caused it actually yes 41 people die uh 100 people wow 100 people yes oh, 100 well, people died, died, died and 230 were injured <laughs> holy crap this is uh 41 is based on one of the kids that died at that fire like had some sort of interesting backstory mm-hmm. and they they wanted to go into that as representative of the types of people that died at this fire uh, and it was that it was yeah. it was uh they used uh, acoustic foam instead of insulation and they set off pyrotechnics at the great white show and immediately went up into flames and killed almost everybody that was which there. i would Did think, the band i would it? think indoors the band i think made i think it made it out i'll have to look at that but I, yeah i don't think anybody from the band died yeah i guess not which is crazy i guess they just went straight out the back but there was the the issue was there was no code of, about like the exit so everybody was just yeah. caught in there so it was it was awful but that that's what the the thing is about i haven't seen it yeah anyway. uh then we have bleed for this uh miles taylor boxing movie you've seen this yeah fuck it this is the one where he like ends up in traction right like yeah, his yeah, whole yeah. Body. Gets a halo See, this did not look good to me but i've actually heard people say it's good so i'm it's you, as good I'm confused I, I am on a fucking island 
uh, apparently I'm the only person in the world that's just fucking over boxing movies. No, I, that, and I think that's why I didn't want to watch it. It's as good as any of them. I thought it was as good as Southpaw. I thought it was as good as any of them. Yeah, They're about all on the same level. Every fucking year we get one. Unless Creed or Rocky's in the title, I don't really care. Well, and that's crazy because <laughs> all these non-Creed Rocky ones are, are largely based on real people. They are. Um, and I think this one is. And mm-hmm. the doctor said, hey, be lucky to walk again, much less box. And he made it all the way back up to box. Great. Inspirational. Show me a fucking another sport. Yeah, they're not the only yeah. sport where people do. It's just because it translates so visually well to mano y mano in our basest instincts. What a stupid title too. Bleed for this. Bleed for this. Fuck you, man. Yeah, you should have called it Traction Guy. Traction for this. <laughs> and I know, like, I, I Miles Teller is is a great. I mean, I've seen him. I, I love Whiplash. I mean, but there is something off putting with him towards me. I don't know what it is. I just. He's kind of like Joseph Gordon-Levitt to me. I, mm. I don't know what it is about him that bothers me, but like he doesn't. I never see a preview to a Miles Teller movie. And I'm like, can't wait to see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I end up seeing them, and he ends up being good, and they're fine. But I just, for some reason, I'm not like I don't have a huge desire. Very, very good and fine. <laughs> um, then we have Conviction. I remember this coming out. Um, uh, mm. Hillary Swank, Sam Rockwell. Uh, Tony Goldwyn. Uh, I think I saw it. this, and I think it was good. Oh <laughs> but, yeah, but it, but it, it's. I think it was just kind of one of the. It's a. I. I believe it's based on a true story. It is. It's. It's like uh, overturning using DNA, like a conviction yes, or something yes. like that. And I, I, I. Yeah, I did see this. It, it was very. Oh, is it Sam was, Rockwell the mm-hmm. prisoner? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, I've seen this. It was very TV movie. Yeah, it's her brother. I think. Yeah, they yeah. Went, and then, I thought um, it was forgettable. Yeah, it was perfectly fine, but it was. Ve- it felt very much like a TV movie or like an episode of Law and Order or something. Yeah, and Melissa Leo's in it. Um, I like how Hilary Swank wins two Oscars and then just starts making all kinds of straight to DVD TV movies. Yeah, there's this definitely something about uh, what project she decided to go with. Just none of it worked out, Mm-mm. and she may have turned down stuff that was would have been great for her career. She may have, but yeah, one of one of the like weirdest two Oscar winning actresses you'll ever run into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there's a movie called Evening that has Meryl Streep and Glenn Close in it. And uh, all right, look at how, okay. So Claire Danes, you oh. gal. Claire Danes, Tony Collette, Vanessa Redgrave, Patrick Wilson, Hugh Dancy, Natasha Richardson. Oh, Eileen this is Atkinson, the one where Claire Stevie Danes Green. is the young version of Vanessa Redgrave. Oh, I think I've never seen uh, it. Right? I, re- I remember it coming out. Is it about like I think it's like a dying woman remembers her first love or what? I'm pretty sure. sure. Yeah, yes. that's right because uh, Claire Danes plays Anne Grant, and then Vanessa Redgrave plays Anne Lord, which I'm assuming is the yeah. married All name. Right. And then I have seen this and probably was bored by it because I watched it before I knew enough to appreciate good art. I don't know, but you watch it because of Claire Danes, absolutely. <laughs> But it does have Meryl Streep and Glenn Close in the same movie, which I don't know if they've ever been in a movie together. Which is a Vistwick. <laughs> <laughs> I stand corrected. De- Death becomes the Witches of Eastwick. It's <laughs> my favorite yes. combo movie ever. That's our our next combo video. That's right. Um. Then we have happy endings. Ooh, I like those. Yeah. Well, it's what it's apparently about. That Documentary is. about massage parlors and prostitution. So in Rhode Island, it's legal to do them uh, them rubbing tugs. Is that why mm. they do not stop having the mafia in Providence? 
Sorry, that's a departed quote I like that nobody ever gets. <laughs> the mafia in Providence. That's where Jack goes, boy, they just do not stop having the mafia in Providence. <laughs> it may be. But yeah, they apparently like went like a deep dive into this culture of uh, masseuses, massage parlors that also double as prostitution. Apparently, it's legal, or at the time that they filmed this, it's legal to to prostitute in, mm. in Rhode Island as long as it's behind closed doors. Hmm. This is how it was phrased in the description. So you can't, and, and, you can't fuck in the, the well, open. And right. Well, I can't. Yeah. I, I mean, normally I would do this in the park, but a tent or a shack around. Yeah. You and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything's good. Uh, then there is kiss the bride, which has Amanda Detmer. I remember from final destination and, and then Sean Patrick Flannery, uh Oof. brooke langton uh i don't know Alyssa milano it's about three sisters uh battling for love and validation yes it seems I love uh, that pretty uh yeah that seems like uh pretty generic <laughs> yes and then we've talked about safe men and then finally we end it on the classic sisterhood of the traveling pants 2 Oh, so why are, the they, why are they in Rhode Island in the second one? And I haven't seen either one of them. Uh, isn't, it, aren't they all spread out? They're all over the place. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. They, they <laughs> ship yeah. the pants to each other and wear them for so a month So someone must have moved so, to Rhode yeah, Island. Alexis Bledel, I've seen this. Alexis Bledel, Blake Lively. You've seen the second one? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, this, I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember why. Did you see the cast? Well, Alexis Bledel, yeah. Blake Lively. <laughs> oh, that's why. Two yeah. thousand. Two th- well, it was it was two. The first one was 2005, but the second one, I guess, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. The it's the cast that uh, got me back. Yeah, Amber Tamblin and uh, America Ferrera. I like me some America Ferrera. Yeah, Rachel Nichols is in this one. Mm, Lucy. Listen, Hale. I'm telling you right now, America Ferrera is quietly having a fantastic career, and we're going to look back in 20 years and realize. That between Ugly Betty mm-hmm. and now this Superstore show that she's on. Which is Superstore great. is amazing. It is. And people aren't talking about it. <laughs> it's Just so like funny. nobody ever talked about Uncle, Be- Uncle Betty. <laughs> <laughs> that's, sorry, that's the gender swap reboot that's coming up. Was, was John Candy in that? <laughs> Uncle <Yeah>. Betty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I think I think you're right. Like she's been in she's quietly been in like a whole bunch of awesome things. I love her. So that'll do it for Rhode Island. That's it, baby. See but ya. you know what? There's a lot of good stuff in Rhode Island. Like, uh, yeah. As 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 uh, tiny as the state is and as uh, uh as a uh, a few that we went over there were quite a few heavy hitters in there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mostly thanks to the fairly brothers but there's a few others in there too yeah so uh what are we gonna do now recommends and warns yeah baby totes amaze balls they're great it won the academy award oh for what for best movie ever made Ooh, i know we've got some ammunition to bring to this this discussion you finally have some i know we're going to talk about this because we're going to do our year in review in a few weeks uh, of 2018 movies mm-hmm. we have seen collectively i think a lot of 2018 movies mm-hmm. uh dicer of course has seen probably the most just because he's he's got access you to know well, i was gonna say in fairness they they send all of them to him they do especially yeah. the the heavy hitters and i actually like i actually made it over 100 this year nice, um, nice. i don't know how i did that but i i managed to I, do it i have stuff. not counted i don't i don't know it's, it, I, it seems fewer than the few the previous years so. on letterbox mm-hmm. i've had a letterbox count for a few years now every year i uh i just do my rankings as i go so it's just i just have a list that just you know accumulate so that's how i know there 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 it's it's an odd time uh for me because there are times there are three four month stretches where i won't go to movie theaters 
And that's very strange for me since I've been a regular yeah, movie yeah. goer for as long as I have been. And you throw in the movie theater work and everything. Um, it, it's weird when it's like <clears throat> four months have passed and somebody's like, have you seen anything yeah. good lately? And I'm like, the last one I saw was like something in the summer and I can't even remember what the movie was. <laughs> when you also have to appreciate, I have a, I have my little girl. I, I take her to as much as she can see. So, I mean, 30 or 40 of those movies are probably stuff I uh, wouldn't have even seen necessarily if I didn't have a kid. So yeah. That's part of it too. Uh, I'm going to recommend two movies. Uh, I know that there, I have, I don't think I've seen anything that has been, has approached pure greatness. Uh, in the past couple of weeks, but I have gone to the theater a lot in the past couple of weeks. Uh, but I'm going to recommend Green Book, which is going to probably be out of theaters uh, soon in your area. It is, it is either gone now or going to be close to be gone. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is a uh, one of the Fairley brothers directed this. Oh really? Um, oh wow. Yeah, it's uh it's uh for, they're sort of the first time trying to be legit with a with a drama. Roger Fairley. Yeah, Roger Farrelly. Um, <laughs> I think this is like Armand Farrelly. It is. It, it's it's Peter Farrelly. It is Peter Farrelly. Yeah. It's the one that yeah. directs all. Yeah, it's Peter Farrelly. Well, I mean, Bobby Farrelly is always uh, credited alongside, mm. but not this time. It's kind of like the Jerry Zucker thing when he went and did First Night and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, but, um, but oh, you stole my recommendation to first night. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Damn it. Huh. no, I just mentioned it. You can talk about oh, okay, it great. in glowing terms <laughs> later. Um, oh my god, N now my mind just went into five different directions. <laughs> I'm because so of, sorry. No, Green no, book. because of because of first night and everything. I, I I'll have to I'll have to tell you what this connection is here in a minute. But uh, Green Book stars Mahershala Ali and Vigo Mortensen, and Vigo Mortensen is driving Mahershala Ali around the South. He uh, Ali is an accomplished pianist. And uh, he, um, uh, of course, uh, is dealing with uh, a lot of uh, horrible racism in the South. They want him to come play, but they don't want him to stay, essentially, mm. basically. There's like a lot of a lot of moments in there where he's, you know, they've asked him to come to this swanky restaurant, this swanky club or whatever. And he wants to eat dinner there and they won't allow him in the restaurant, even though he's going to play for them and stuff like that and he's, like, a he's a classical pianist it's yes. it's not like jazz or anything no like that. I, yeah it's classical and uh and uh but uh, vigo mortensen's a, a bouncer that he's hired they both live in new york um uh vigo mortensen's a bouncer at uh i think it's the copacabana club mm. And, um, and, uh, he's, he gets hired and, and, uh, he's just, he's very rough around the edges. He's got a lot of, uh, you know, racism in him that he does, you know, he doesn't really consider racism, but he, you know, he's got a lot of prejudice in him too. But, uh, as they are talking on this road trip and everything, he starts realizing things that he says or, or, or does might be, might be, they both learn from each other actually a lot throughout this. And it's just a good road movie. It's. I mean, the same 60s racism tropes that you've seen in every single one of these movies. It's tiring, but at the same time, you can't ignore it. You no, can't, you can't there forget for a reason. It. Yeah, yeah, you can't forget it. So it movie wise, that type of thing starts to feel like stale, even though it's not. It's, mm -hmm. It should always sure. be in the forefront. Uh, but this movie's really good. I Let's remember here. the Moltons both liked it. Um but it's not without controversy because mm. the family of the real pianist has come out since the film. This is only a couple weeks old. 
and slammed it. Really? For inaccuracies and for never bothering to talk, bothering to talk to them. Huh. Hmm. So then Mahersh Ali came out and issued an apology to them saying he had asked for all the resources related to this guy so that he could get as accurate portrayal of his life as possible. And nobody ever told him there were living relatives he could talk to. Oh. Uh, and so he publicly apologized to mm. the family of this guy for whatever they got wrong. None of that impacts whether the movie's any good or not. Yeah. What, <clears throat> what, now, what did they say was inaccurate about it? I, I, I go into these knowing that there's going to be inaccuracy. Yes. So, um, I guess I don't know. I, I, I would hesitate. To, the only thing I remember from the article I read is going to sound tasteless, but they were emphatic that no one had to teach him how to eat fried chicken. Oh, OK. No. <laughs> uh, and the movie has a scene, I guess, that makes a big deal out of him never having eaten it. Yeah, they go to Kentucky Fried Chicken in Kentucky. So there's mm. like a line. It's like, oh, Kentucky. Vigo Morton's like, Kentucky Fried Chicken's in Kentucky. When, when are we ever going to have the chance? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and so, like, yeah, he's like eating it and everything. And he's like, he's like you should try one of these. And Mahersh Ali's like, he's like. He's like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna eat that. And he's like, he's like, and he says, you know, your people love this stuff and yeah. everything. And he's like, you have a very low, you know, very limited opinion of me or whatever. And finally, Vigo finally gets him to, because it's greasy. He doesn't want to get all greasy and everything. He's wearing these nice clothes. Yeah. Um, but eventually, yeah, he gets the chicken and he loves it and everything. And it's like, you know, they have this bonding moment over it and everything. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you go in these movies, you're like, yeah, this shit didn't go down the sure. way it did. It's just parts of the life. You understand that when yeah. you go in. Um, I'm going to recommend another one, even though I can see why this one has been so divided. Vice. Ah. Mm. Um, I it's it's solidly good, but it's oddly paced. Mm. And I feel like the reason why a lot of people have have been not as big on this as they were with the big short is that the big shorts real kinetic it like moves yeah. super fast and it like i and this one there are moments where he goes off on it's a little bit slower paced there's a part in there that's really funny because uh they the the movie is asking us why why did dick cheney decide to to be george w bush's running mate he had he was retired. He was out of politics. He had a great life in front of him. He could just take care of his daughters, all this other stuff. And they and he's like, we don't know what's going through Dick Cheney's head at this point. There's not some Shakespearean soliloquy that we could that we could do mm -hmm. or whatever. And then there's a whole scene where Amy Adams and uh, and uh, Christian Bale do a Shakespeare soliloquy together. And it's and oh, yeah. it's fun because it's 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 you know, it's a completely different part of the thing but it drags the movie down mm. and there's a lot of these like because he did that in the big short it's not the same thing where he's like hey here's margot robbie in a bubble bath it's not like that but it's they'll they'll cut to somebody who's who's just kind of doing a, a bit part and they, and it's a completely fantasy type sequence or mm. whatever and it's not doesn't doesn't work on the same level as the big short does but man christian bale is fucking phenomenal in this yeah mm. As you saw in the trailer, it, you can barely see Christian Bale in it, and uh, and I and, and it's one of those rare moments where you just completely lose the actor. You don't even know that it's him. There's only a couple of moments when he's talking that I can hear Bale. In can Dick I ask Chain. you something? And I don't mean this pejoratively at all. Why? Why does this movie exist? Is it? Does it feel like it's edifying into Cheney's? 
worldview or something like that? Do you think it's explanatory? Do you feel like it it offers something a different take on what we what we live through in this I think period? There's, it, not that it's overt in the movie, but I think they are trying to ask themselves how did we get into the Trump world? Mm. Not not like it's it's not overt. Like right. I said, it's not like it keeps showing you all this stuff. There is the the moment where Reagan says "Make America Great Again" and his speech in 1980. There's a there's a couple of other little hints in there. Uh, ch- there's a the discussion about how Roger Ailes shows up early and how they 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 uh, get rid of the fairness doctrine and this is the reason why we have opinion news now mm. and stuff like that. There are a lot of things like that in there, and it, it's talking about it sort of swings on the this mysterious guy who was vice president for eight years uh who was who was according to this movie really the guy in charge of things sure um and uh and so i think that's where it was it it, that's why i think that movie was made Mm -hmm. it's about a about a guy we we have never really explored like and why haven't we explored this guy Mm. and and what did he do that possibly got us to where we are now and there's a lot of discussion of the um what the uh that's the theory the uh the executive something theory of that president has complete and absolute power Mm -hmm. and a lot of people believe this a lot of people believe that uh the the president has all the power no matter what they do it's not illegal because they're the president Ah. and cheney was a big like uh he, he was he was a big he researched this a bunch Mm. talking about like trying to find all these and he found people who agreed with him lawyers who agreed with him and they ended up being on his staff Mm. and um and so a lot of the presidential powers have been is is discussed in this too so it's i don't know if they've come right out and said that you know i don't think adam mckay's come right out and said this is the reason why we made this movie Mm -hmm. i haven't read any articles or anything about it but it does have the hint okay so it's where we are today yeah yeah where we are today where did he get this there's a there's a scene in there where he's he's talking to donald rumsfeld early on this is when rumsfeld is cheney's boss and cheney Mm. is just like some 'er ne'er-do-well fuck-up guy and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do for his career and uh he he sees donald rumsfeld talk at a at a college and uh afterwards all these people team up to be a democrat versus a republican and this one guy comes up to cheney and he's like uh I, i'm uh I, w- I was wondering if you minded if i was the democrat in this thing because i've already talked to them and all that and he goes and cheney goes what was the party of the guy who was just talking up there and rumsfeld is like oh he's republican like, that's what i am yeah you know and it's sort of like it came to this decision based on just a dude talking on the that's according to the movie right uh anyway uh yeah oddly paced very slow it's slower paced than big short bale's amazing uh i would watch it though hmm. gotcha right. i'm gonna check out both of these what you got jonathan um i did want to mention this wasn't what i wrote down by recommend but i did because you guys just talked about this a couple weeks ago but uh, i did see into the spider verse yeah so i just wanted to shout out to that real quick uh 2018 has been an it's been a perfectly fine year. I've seen a lot of great movies. I've seen very few movies, though, that have really like uh, stuck with me that long, I guess would be the way to put it. This is one of the few movies I, c- I-, I want to see this again so badly. Mm. Spider-Verse? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I was kind of upset actually watching it because I did uh, the the visual aesthetic 
is a little distracting at times, as you've mentioned with mm-hmm. the blurring and everything. It was one of those things where I wish I had seen it in 3D. This was one of the few movies where I can actually I say, too, yeah. I think it would be really interesting to see. Unfortunately, the theaters around me, they don't have the 3D showing anymore. But um, but uh, but that's the only thing I'm kind of upset about. But I, I just thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Very good movie. I did see this. Finally. Oh, my God. I even tweeted. I just said initial reaction. This is one of the best animated movies I think I've ever seen. And then I said it, it might, in the grand scheme of things, be like my favorite superhero movie. Mm. There's mm. just... There's just something about it that I just... In fact, it got me to where I do want to see what they do with the next Spider-Man movie, but I kind of almost wanted to see another one of these instead. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I was kind of like, I just want to see this continue and see what they do with this. And uh, That's so well done. It's so... The the characters and the story just Oh, and like you were dead on with the voice. The it. voice acting is unbelievable yeah. in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's just... Oh, it's just... They casted everybody perfectly. And Lily Tomlin is outstanding. Yeah, I, I love like the seeing, MA character. Yeah, I like seeing her as a badass. Which I had read... I haven't really read much of the Miles Morales stuff, but I had read some of the... Uh, uh oh my God, ultimate the ultimate spider-man universe which is where morales morales takes place in and uh i liked her character in the comic and i thought they captured that that really well where she's more involved in everything yeah, eventually yeah. and all that kind of stuff but yeah that was great uh the thing i but i know you guys had already discussed that quite a bit so the one thing i wanted to mention i finally finished the haunting of hill house um the re- remake I, the, 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 the show oh, on the netflix show. yeah yeah, okay. yeah uh yeah the 1999 i was, like, I was about to say it's what? amazing. Why are, why are you announcing this to the world? <laughs> I've completely forgotten that I watched there was a that TV show. I first night. Uh, no, the TV show, uh, it was a 10-episode miniseries. Which I think they're actually doing a second season. I'm, I'm not sure how. But um, I watched the first two episodes in October when it came out, and then just like a lot of stuff, we got busy. I got busy with send stuff or whatever. Oh, and, I uh, got busy. Yeah, I got busy. And I couldn't. <laughs> uh, I never got back to it. But then recently, I was able to get back into it. Um, it it's... It's unbelievable. It might be like the best thing I saw in 2018. Mm. Like, it, and it literally feel. I mean, it's episodic. Like, it's got clear chapter breaks and whatnot. It is a TV show, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it almost feels like kind of like a 10 hour movie mm. or whatever the actual time running. I guess they're 40 minutes. Yeah. What, what is this on? It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Netflix. And uh, I, I will say, I mean, I'm a huge lover of the Shirley Jackson novel, uh, The Haunting, 1963, not the 1999. The 1963 Haunting is one of my all time favorite horror movies, one of my all time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was very skeptical. Yeah. And they do and they modernize it and they but they do. It's such an interesting way to do an adaptation of the book. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's just it focuses on the, the actual the, the initial family, not the initial family, but the family that bought it. And um, it, I don't know. It's just a really interesting way to do the adaptation because mm-hmm. uh, I had no idea how they were going to make this last for 10 hours or how they were going to make this into a TV show. But but they do it really well. And it's got a great cast. Um, and it's just, uh, uh, you know, Carla Gugino is uh, is that I don't know how to say her name. Yeah, that's that's how I pronounce okay. it. It's also got a fucking so smoking amazing. cast on it, too. It's uh, it's Kate Siegel. Yeah, Kate, which is uh, who plays the psychic one who is fucking on fire and, and that's mike flanagan is the that's his that's his wife or girlfriend right yeah. and then carla Gucina still looks unbelievable and then uh elizabeth reese yeah Reeser, Re- she's very good who's got you know one of them five six heads but <laughs> she is 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 very pretty and kate siegel is awesome she's also if you guys saw hush 
she's the main actor, which is also a Mike Flanagan film. She's the main actress in that. And I thought she was really good in that, but, mm-hmm. she, but she's great in this. Man, like, Mike Flanagan just, made a hell of a pivot from Major League Baseball pitcher to film. He really did. <laughs> Like, how did that happen? Most people can't do that. Some deep early 80s Orioles humor (laughs) for you all out there. (laughs) But uh, but I I don't I don't really want to. I mean, other than obviously there's 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 Hill House. It's haunted. And it it, this kind of takes place like years after they lived there as kids. Mm -hmm. And um, and then it goes back. Obviously, it shows you things that happened when they were kids. And then there's shit happening to them now. Mm -hmm. So it kind of has this goes back and forth. It works really well. I don't want to give anything away. If you haven't seen it for some reason, I highly recommend it. Even if you're, I think it's like you liking The Conjuring, even if you're not a horror movie fan, it's just, it's just a great story. I've seen nothing but people I respect raving about this. It's just a great story. I watched the first five episodes and I loved it and I, again, got busy. Was having sex. You <laughs> married Elastigirl well, and got busy. Well, do, doing a, doing TV sends, which is awesome, and I, I love it so much. But one thing about it that Dicer and I talk about a lot is we get the, we just keep getting to watch like one episode of something, and then it's like, oh my god, we've got to rewatch that or watch it all for the first mm-hmm. time, and then but then we got to go do another episode. So, but this was something where I was like, I just got to sit down and watch this. I hear too much about it. I did the horror version podcast, and they were talking about it on that. I'm like, I've got to go finish this, and so I just made myself do it one weekend mm. and uh yeah i loved it so mm. like i said it might be my favorite thing i watched in 2018 Ooh. i'm going to recommend something i briefly mentioned earlier and i recommend a second movie that chris has mentioned earlier uh that one is three identical strangers mm. uh, documentary yep. excellent is now on blu-ray um i assume that also means it's on digital i don't mm-hmm. fucking do digital so i don't really know i don't care I don't it's on shit. prime yeah, just, you know, just mm-hmm. let me see the fucking movie. It's really all I want to know. Um, you can watch it now, and it's really, really good. It's, uh, it's one of those layered documentaries that, that goes places no one expected. Not quite as hard a left turn as the tickling documentary, which yeah. still haunts me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it starts out with these two, these two guys realize they're twins that were separated at birth. They end up going on TV and a fucking third guy's like, I think I'm one of them. <laughs> and, uh, so these three kids turn out to be triplets that were separated at birth. Uh, and, and the documentary is sort of exploring, uh, let me ask you this while you're hemming and hawing, because I know the story, but I haven't seen the movie. Did okay. you already know the story before? I knew the story. I didn't know it was associated yeah, with this particular I don't think it would thing. impact your enjoyment of the movie. I, I'm still going to watch it. My question is, does the movie present it to where you would take a side one way or another? Or is it just that you're compelled to watch how weird these this thing got? Who are the two sides? We, I think the movie picks the side of the two, of the kids, okay. the, the brothers. Okay, yeah, yeah. And says they got... the. They got done dirty. They, yeah, they, they were so did a bunch of other yeah, yeah. people who haven't had the opportunity to even. Yeah, I would say if you haven't seen this, don't look up Wikipedia or anything. Just yeah. Oh, watch sure. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that it's just it, it's a great documentary. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say much more because it's so new. If it was mm-hmm. 10 years from now, I'd flat out spoil the thing for him. Um, because I do think where it goes is a fascinating hook that might get some people to watch it that would otherwise ignore it. Um but uh, there's more there than meets the eye. Yeah, mm-hmm. it not only explores the the you know the oddness of them finding each other and all that, and then the after you know the reason why they were separated in the first place, but it also explores how how media coverage of something like that uh, tends to color your perception yeah. of people in general and all that. Like uh, 
while while things that were going on weren't exactly lies the things that you see on screen give you a different perception of how those people really are yeah. in real life well and it's i don't think it's spoiler to say like they did a lot of tv they did a lot of interviews mm-hmm. they're it's crazy you can tell the hard line of when this takes place because they're like on stage with tom brokaw like fucking smoking cigarettes yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy um but uh so it's played up in a lot of these tv appearances how similar they are mm-hmm. how their sense of humor is the same they all smoke the same brand of cigarettes they all like the same kind of girls <laughs> and the movie will later tell you the kids are like we kind of played that up we mm-hmm. wanted to be alike we we wanted that you know so we were just going along for the ride uh, I I fucking loved it. We I watched it for my wife. She's the one that wanted to watch it. But I, I, I don't think, know how yeah, this yeah, story is not more well known because it's. Fa- I mean, I don't remember it at all. I mean, this happened when I mean I was a kid. That's but... the thing, man. It hit right before the internet, mm-hmm. before yeah. the dissemination of that kind of information could be yeah. national in a second. So if you weren't watching the talk shows in the early '80s, like I wasn't, you'd never heard of this. Yeah, because they were on like they were on Donahue. They were and... everywhere. <laughs> Donahue. They were everywhere. They, <laughs> they were, were on, on like, Donahue, and they were on like Newsweek or Time. I mean, they were on magazines covers and it was it was crazy crazy my other recommend is i'm gonna come back to uh the death of stalin because i watched mm. it again since last podcast and i just wanted to double down uh especially for uh you two you guys should watch this i gotta I do to watch it. it's it. on showtime the yeah. one channel that i don't have okay i was gonna so say i'm just gonna buy it or whatever. yeah that, i got to that point at one point mm. too because showtime was the only one i didn't uh, have, have you seen in the loop Yes. Okay. I've seen I, the loop because of Chris. Which, he turned me on to it. And these then, are the same people, right, that made yes. this. Okay, and great. I'm seeing it then. I watched Veep because I had liked in the loop yeah. so much. I watched Death of Stalin because I found out it was <laughs> the same people who did those. Uh, and it's just, it's just fucking hilarious. Like, there's a, there's a, it's all that subtle humor that you get from in the loop, right? So there's a cabinet meeting after Stalin's dead and they're trying to pass some new regulations and Steve Buscemi wants to object, but he's basically getting talked down. And then before he can do anything, Tambor calls for a vote and he lifts his hand and two other people do, but there's four hands not moving. But Tambor goes and the measure passed. And one more guy raises his hand and Tambor goes, you and another person raises his hand and he goes, Nana. And then finally, Buscemi raises his hand. He goes, must leave. (laughs) (laughs) Basically talks them into like almost threatening them. We're going to pass this unanimous. We never pass anything. It's not unanimous, bitches. Uh, I have watched it four times now. And I just don't go back to movies that regularly. Um, And so I think that means something, at least for me. And so if you if you like my taste. Um, no, and I get Showtime, I so would, I definitely need to. I need to watch. I that. would hit it up because it just it just makes me fucking cackle. Buscemi's just so he's just on the edge of a panic attack almost at times, <laughs> uh, and he's put upon. I just I fucking loved it. I got to get into it. Anyway. Nice. Let's hear yours now. Uh, I watched the okay. So Taylor Swift had her Netflix concert that came <laughs> out uh, yesterday, I guess, yeah. uh, on, on New Year's Eve. Reputation. Reputation. Now I'm on record. Eh, as hating this album i think i think this is a terrible album Mm -hmm. it's got a couple of bright spots on it like uh no i'm with delicate i'm with things like that and so the majority of this concert is based on that reputation album which i hate but man first off my girl taylor looks looks good Mm -hmm. all right and and i'm gonna go there okay Mm-hmm. She she got thick mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. T H I C C way. Right, right. God bless her, man. Yeah. I mean, I this is this is. 
I'm, I'm actually literally not kidding. She looks really, really good. Yeah. And she's gotten sexy. Like, she's got, I know she's always had the sex appeal and stuff like that, but she's also been kind of the good girl and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's really grown into herself as an artist. Uh, when she got into the deep cuts and even like the older hits and stuff like that, I thought it was really good. She's obviously a terrific performer, uh, but she's gotten better as a dancer. So I think I would probably recommend this. And she, yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, the one that I really wanted to talk about is one that Chris had mentioned a while ago, the, the Bo Burnham movie, Eighth Grade, mm-hmm. which I hadn't seen until like uh, just a couple days ago, actually. Have you seen this yet? I actually haven't. I, I, I It's on my list. It keeps staying on my list. I, I actually, for what you said is why I don't want to watch this movie. Like, I have anxiety thinking about watching this movie. Well, it's a good movie. <laughs> I'm sure it's very it's good. It's a really, sure really it's good, good movie. It's interesting because... You can tell that this was his first directing gig mm-hmm. because there's just some choices that you don't see in common movies, mm-hmm. I guess, like the way he pans the camera and the way he does things. But there are some times where it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's interesting because I watched this and you, everybody thinks about eighth grade and like, oh, yeah, I remember eighth grade and everything. I actually didn't remember eighth grade all that yeah, much. Yeah, I, I hardly remember. I remember some things. You but, remember high school. You yeah. remember like your first years of middle school. You remember some of elementary school and that kind of thing. But what this did was, okay, A, first of all, it's an amazing performance by Elsie uh, Fisher. Yep. Who was um, uh, nominated for a Golden Globe. And- God damn, she is amazing mm-hmm. in this. The way that she walks with a hunched shoulder, the way that she talks. I think you mentioned where she peppers in all the likes and the stuff that, that like people actually literally say, mm-hmm. especially in that generation. Uh, it's got Josh Hamilton from Grover from Kicking and Screaming, who's one of my all-time favorites, as her dad. And uh, so she's great. And there's there's a couple of moments in here where she's just going through the moments that, that you think, oh, are, are typical eighth grade. Like she's preparing for a swim party and she's got to get into her bathing suit and everything. Has almost a full-blown panic attack mm-hmm. and it's filmed beautifully it's mm-hmm. acted beautifully and things like that and the way that she talks herself into overcoming these daily obstacles and she's not she's not uh you know a very social person she doesn't have a lot of friends that kind of thing and i was like ah oh, that's crazy yeah you know that i get anxious watching this but like i have no relation to that and then i started thinking about eighth grade mm-hmm. for me and it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember like how bad. There was a lot of social issues going on. There was a lot of, I had terrible acne back in those days that was painfully embarrassing. I was in that friend transition. You guys remember that friend transition from either it was when you have to leave to, to another school or whether you're going from eighth grade to middle or to, to high school. I was in full on friend transition. Mm-hmm. And that means that former friends started hating you and new friends started kind of liking you. And you're in this in between thing. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is it devastated me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie was I'm not I'm probably not going to watch it again. There are amazing beats in this. Uh, the interplay between uh, El- uh, Kayla. I think her name is Kayla. And her father is perfect, mm-hmm. especially as it gets towards the the end but uh but it it is a very very realistic uh depiction of eighth grade especially in this day and age when obviously i wasn't using uh doing a youtube channel or something like that in eighth grade and connecting via social media and stuff like that 
but it still hit the same themes that that I did, you know, was, 40 years ago or whatever. Was Burnham doing a YouTube channel that early in his life or was he a little older when he started it? I don't know how old hey, he, he was is. like 16, 17. Okay, 18, okay, yeah. okay. Somewhere around there, but uh So it's a recommend for sure. Yeah. It's just <laughs> It, saw, it was a rough watch. For I me. saw him on a talk show not too long after this came out, and apparently that girl, what's her name? I'm sorry, the Elsie uh, Elsie Fisher. So she went back to school after they filmed the movie. Like she's in whatever mm-hmm. eighth grade, ninth grade, whatever she's in, and she's in like public school or whatever. And uh, apparently she didn't. She tried out for the school play and didn't get it. No, oh, really, like didn't get in the play at all. And so Burr Burnham is on this talk show. So he's like, so I just like to say to like whoever the t- like Mrs. Davis, go fuck yourself. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, they, the the movie still has a couple of great moments from for the year for me. There's a mic drop moment that that is that is so winning, but also like has a has a a different effect on it like where she finally drops the mic against some people that that you you're talking about at the towards the end yeah 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 uh it's got it's it's the it's a great moment for her but as an audience member you have a dual uh a dual feeling about the scene yes um there's also uh i i liked her performance and just when she was doing her youtube videos how many times she stops starts all this you know uh she's not perfect she's not polished right which is what they would if they made this hollywood yep. she'd be like like we got to make her likable so that she can't have those uhs and uhs and start stops and yep. all that and whatever she'll even say like um i forgot where i was going with that uh anyway yeah 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 oh yeah and stuff like that so uh a highly memorable movie and when uh dicer asked for top fives from everybody i put it in my top five. oh currently Still I have think, so many I to think, see. I, I might. I sent mine to him before I saw this, so it might sneak into my time. Yeah, five. I sent him mine before I saw Spider Verse, and I was like, "Damn it!" Are you interested in seeing this? Are you gonna Eighth watch grade? this? Yeah, yeah. It's very near the top of my stack. Yeah. Um. So I'm in the same next boat. theater viewing for me. It has to be Spider Verse, and then the favorite. Um, yeah. And and that's one that I even forgot when I did my top five. Like I was like, it should probably fit in there somewhere. There were yeah. three that sort of missed. The cut, but the favorites up there too. Yeah, that yeah. was that was in mind. Uh, but this is yeah, this is pretty high on my list. I'll yeah. probably watch this. It's funny. I'm, I don't really want to admit what I'm about to admit. I still haven't watched Manchester by the Sea because of how you guys described it as so soul crushing. Mm-hmm. And I just I have to be in such a specific place sure. to be willing to go down that path. But this one, I don't think will be quite the same. Now, you no. didn't think it would be going in, and it still kind of crushed your soul. Yeah. And, and I don't really remember eighth grade very well, yeah, so yeah. maybe I'll get in here and learn some shit. I don't know, but I'll, I'll probably watch it pretty well, soon. Well, and that's the thing interesting about Burnham, though. If you watch his Netflix specials and stuff, I mean, it's funny, but it's also sometimes kind of sad because you kind of you relate to it more than you want to. Yeah. But uh, I will say, though, he's got this bit. Um, it's the, the song he does. It's a Lower Your Expectations. Do you yeah, know what I'm I've talking about? That, yeah. That's like one of those things I put on YouTube sometimes just when I'm down. Like, it always makes me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> so what you why. should do is watch eighth grade and then immediately follow it up with Taylor Swift's performance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the, then the, Manchester by the, the Sea. Uh, the grown up into her body Taylor Swift oh, performance. I mean, she's sturdy. Mm-hmm. She's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I might have to watch she's that a brick before house. Death of Stalin. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so, I had all kinds of ways to describe her to my wife last night, and none of them were appropriate. <laughs> She's a brick. How? Uh, I, I, so, can, I can imagine your wife's uh, reactions. Right now. Sorry, we Chris. have uh, we have time for some warns. Uh, sure, yeah, go ahead. Okay, 
Now, I like I said, I've watched a bunch of movies that are in between, like hard to recommend, hard to warn. And I finally just, I just said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to man up here and I'm going to warn against mm-hmm. this movie. Ralph breaks the internet. Ooh, really? I am anxious to hear this. I, I still haven't seen this movie, by the way. I, first off, I think it's, uh, I think the movie is overly cynical. Hmm. Um, maybe, it, maybe it's presented in a sort of like this hat. First off. They go in the internet so that he can buy a steering wheel that is broken off of Vanellope's game. Uh, and they go on, they can't access eBay from where they're at, obviously. So they have to go inside to go to eBay and then they somehow bid on the steering wheel. And there's this pretty funny thing where they jack up the price ridiculously for no reason because they're stupid. Um, and then they go to pay for it and obviously they don't have the whatever $37,000 or whatever it was <laughs> that they ended up bidding on the steering wheel. Uh, so, so Ralph has to start making viral videos mm. and by, by doing the viral video, the viral videos are all based on things that are already popular. So like they, it's a YouTube like service. It's, they never say YouTube in mm. this whole thing. But it's a YouTube like service where Ralph decides that he's going to do stuff with pepper challenges and uh, and like goat bleats and all this other type of stuff. And it's Ralph's head on a lot of these things and Ralph doing a pepper challenge and doing all this stuff, which I think is the cynical heart of that movie is Hmm. the I can get popular by doing what we've already done and blah, 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 which fucking are you kidding me, Disney? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, all, all people to preach that shit, right? Um, so so he ha- so of course none of these views on themselves are v- very much. They're not a lot of money, but uh, he has to keep making these videos. And there's a whole this is a whole movie just sort of stops on this for a while, where it's this. Uh, then there is, I believe, what is a thirty minute interminable ending, where ralph's essentially id like there's a there's multiple ids of ralph that that form into this big huge voltron of a ralph Hmm. that becomes the movie sort of villain in the in the thing because ralph does something to vanellope again in this which um makes her hate him and they have the big you know third act break and Mm -hmm. all that um that third act I was like, God, is this ever going to end? This just, <laughs> this seems so long. Like, you know, and it's playing on the fact that, that Vanellope wants to be in this new game, which means that she won't be in her old game and that Ralph will never get to see her again. And so he does a lot to try to prevent her from going into this game. So the, the message is about, uh, what should you do with your friends when they want to do other things? And do you get to, do you, you know, it, it, wh- how much power do you really have in the, in that dynamic? You don't have any, you got, you got to be happy for people when they want to do other things and everything. But that was the, that's the main crux of it is like how far Ralph will go to make sure she doesn't stay in this game. Mm. And, uh, it turns into a whole thing in the internet, uh, where like he there's like multiple ralphs all into a big huge voltron ralph or whatever and that's the thing that they have to sort of fight against at the end hmm. um i i i enjoyed myself 
four parts of it. And I and I nearly considered this sort of in between, but boy, that ending, man, it just mm. seems, seems like it takes forever. And uh, ultimately, I did not like it. Maybe I'll watch it again. Maybe when we send it or whatever, mm. I'll be like, oh, this is way better. I was just in a bad mood or something like that. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It seems like it confirms a lot of the suspicions that yeah, we that had sounds about like it. everything I was hoping it wouldn't be. Mm. Okay, so I liked it, mm. um, but. One thing, though, that's different. I, when I say I see every kid's movie, I see every kid's movie. Like, my daughter and I go to the movies all the time. It's mm-hmm. just what we like to do together. It's fun. So I saw this, like, literally in the same week. I saw Nutcracker mm-hmm. and The Grinch. Mm-hmm. So oh, well. this came off really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 know, I see what you're saying. I liked it, though. Like, I enjoyed it overall. I didn't mind the ending as much as you did. I laughed a lot. I will say it's very surface level. I don't think there's a point for this movie to be. I mean, I don't think this movie's saying anything. I yeah. don't think there's a need for this movie. But if they're going to make a Wreck-It Ralph sequel, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nowhere near as good as the original. I liked Incredibles 2 better, probably. But I kind of had the same problem with Incredibles 2. Like, I liked Incredibles 2. I really enjoyed myself. Haven't thought about it since. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it needed to be made. Mm. Um, but it was made. And it was a great you know, it was a it was it was it was a very good sequel for what they were trying to do. I mean, they did a good job. I think they did a better job than Wreck It Ralph, but I don't know. Those kind of fell together for me because they're both Disney. But um, I don't know. I liked it, mm-hmm. but I I could easily see watching it a second time and not liking it, whereas you could easily go up a little bit. Yeah. So I think we're kind of. Let me ask you this: same page. Are there any fresh Bitcoin jokes in the movie? <laughs> Uh, is there a Bitcoin joke? I'm trying to remember. Don't think there is actually. <laughs> the internet stuff is interesting. The Disney stuff is obviously they have a pretty firm grasp of what to do with that. The princess stuff's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, that was actually pretty yeah. funny. And, and, and from the trailer, I, I hated the stuff in the trailer. But yeah. then, like when it actually got it to it in the movie, I thought, okay, this is this is actually pretty funny. Yeah, they had some fun stuff in there. But uh, no, I, I I know what you're. I, I don't think. I, I don't know what the point of this movie, like, I don't know what the movie's trying to say. Mm-hmm. And also it does a really weird thing where, and this is a typical sequel thing where it's like, you've got to, you've got to have somebody be down a little bit from the first one, which I never understand. So Ralph is an asshole for a lot of this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's weird. Cause yeah. it's like, I don't want Ralph to be an asshole. Yeah. Like, I mean, create a I, villain. I think the you know? movie's message is about, is about, you know, if if you're friends with somebody and they and they have an opportunity to do something else that's without you, then you 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 can have the right to be sad, but not the right to prevent them from getting yeah, into I, that. Yeah, that, yeah. And and I, I think that's what they're trying to say. It's just that I don't know if we've had enough of a relationship with Ralph and Vanellope for them to get yeah. to this point in the second movie exactly like this feels like more of a third movie type of thing Mm. that should happen in the second movie they should have they should build that relationship that they started in the first one and then and then by the third one if she wants to go but now that's like oh they're they're already like like they're already gotten to the you know straight like i guess we're not going to make any more routes you know i mean he still that's the thing he still can go visit her and everything Mm. it's not like there's any it's just that she won't be in the same arcade anymore and mm. everything. But yeah, the same, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to see it again to really make sure. But I, like I said, I was just, I've decided I'm going to warn on this. All one. right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's warn. there's enough great animated. I'm mean, go see Spider Verse. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, I mean, there's there's enough out there. You know, watch the first Wreck It Ralph again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mine's pretty silly, but uh, 
this was one of those, I had one of those nights where I couldn't sleep and I was just looking to see what came was on streaming. And uh, I was like, you know, it's 1030 at night. I think I should watch a sorority slasher. Oh, film I with, love with, these. with Randy Couture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, of course. So I found one called The Row. And uh, no, it had just premiered on Hulu or Amazon Prime or one of those. So I watch it. Now, here's the thing, though. Like, it wasn't, it, there's a couple things that weird. Okay, first off, no surprise, it's absolute shit. Yeah. But uh, it's not sleazy, though. That's the weird thing. Like it, That is weird. It's really <laughs> weird. Like, other than, like, they show, like, bloody kills. Yeah. This almost would not even need to be an dude, R-rated movie. Dude, this movie's already terrible, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> when you go to watch Sorority... Or 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 beach house or cabin or or any of the type of places that you put four young yeah. women in for the weird like lingering like unnecessary shower scenes you do that yeah, you want no. and there's none no none in this no so I'm not watching this no and it's it's oh it's I don't even know how to talk about it it's so bad Randy Couture plays like this cop and uh, he's trying to track down this serial killer that ends up. He ends up finding out that the killer's on his daughter's campus, of course, and he's killing these sorority girls. Mm -hmm. And then even though it, fuck, I'll spoil this. I don't even give a shit. You should not watch this. Even though it has nothing to do, it just, this it's one of those things where then they find out, uh, his daughter finds out because her mom's been dead for a while. She died in this fire or something. And she finds out that her mom was actually part of the sorority that she's trying to join. So she gets really pissed at Randy Couture because he never told her. Then you find out that the mom was involved in this rush prank thing where this woman ended up killing herself. Mm. So this is just something like the daughter discovers. This has nothing to do with the serial killer case. (laughs) But then, of course, this totally ties into the serial killer case. The woman's younger brother who's been dating the daughter ends up being the killer oh, and he's God. avenging his mother's death. And, uh, you know, Randy Couture, I mean, I've only seen him in the expendable movies. I don't think he's up there with like Batista or anything, yeah. but he's fine. I don't know why he's doing this. No. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just, I mean, if you're in the mood for a sorority yeah. <laughs> horror movie, I would stay away from this one. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. I yeah. had that queued up and ready to go <laughs> <I> today. <know. laughs> Thank Such a specific genre. Yeah, that's right. You have I any got warns? nothing now. I I haven't seen anything in the last week that I disliked enough to warn, and, and I just did two recommends this week and mm-hmm. move on. Mm-hmm. We got some questions though. I think if we have a few, yeah, minutes, you want to you want to you want to do a couple few? Okay. Question. Question. I got something to say. I'm listening. So I saw Overlord. It was advertised like shit. I was blown away by the first half. Then the Wolfenstein uh, stuff came in, which was good. I just thought it was going to be the whole movie. Uh, Anyway, it got me thinking, what are some of the movies that didn't start as the franchise it wound up as or got fused with another movie along the way? Interesting. Have you seen Overlord? I have. Uh, Yeah, no, it was fun. It was I mean, it was yeah, it was fun. I I don't know that I'll ever watch it again, but it was uh, I had a good time watching it. (sighs) What do we think here? Like uh, a movie that went just in yeah, completely it, it different It almost direction. sounds like they're asking uh, when they say franchise, like the franchise itself changed. But yeah, I yeah. think it's meaning the movie. Right. So the I, the one that I came up with, this may I, I may be able to come up with better ones, but The Color of Money seems mm. like it goes, it starts out one way and then it becomes a different thing in midway through. Remember, the whole arc of Color of Money is Paul Newman trying to teach Tom Cruise how to hustle pool. And you think that the whole movie is going to be, will Tom Cruise finally get it? 
we'll and we're going to finally see them like hustling all these these towns and everything and they they're going to they're going to go to the championship at the end and all this it's going to be it's you know that's the way the movie is uh, because it's a Scorsese movie, he's not interested in doing anything like that. He midstream sort of makes it a Paul Newman movie hmm. and, and, and crew sort of kind of gets out of it after a while. Um, because Newman's fed up with crews and doesn't even hang around anymore and says, look, I've taught you everything that I know. You can either use it or not. And then it's Newman now trying to get his redemption and trying to figure it. So he's trying to get to the point where he's a good uh, pool player again. And he, you see him practicing all the time and he's trying to win the championship and everything. So I feel like that movie sort of changes midstream. Mm -hmm. Like it, like if it was a typical Hollywood movie, it would just be, it would be like Kingpin is yep. where, you know, like uh, he's teaching him everything he knows. And then by the end of it, you know, it, maybe Paul Newman has to get in the championship because Tom Cruise breaks his arm or something mm. like that. But it seems like it's, it's geared towards Cruise the entire time. It's going to, is he finally going to get it? Is he finally going to do? And they completely switch. Yeah. So I nice. saw that not that long. I saw that. I rewatched that a few months ago. I forgot how great, I always forget how great of a movie that really is. Mm -hmm. it, Cause I always, I, I always, part of me always wants to go. I can't believe that's what Paul Newman won the Oscar for considering yeah. the other stuff he was nominated for, but it's not like a sin of a woman no no thing no. It, it's it's not i mean it's it's just, it's just a great movie i think that's a great answer mm -hmm. my, i kind of went a different direction because well, what popped in my head was and i wasn't sure if this is what he was asking but what popped in my head were movies that started off as something and then went something different and this is not a good movie but uh cradle to the grave do you remember this with i'm DMX trying to remember if i, I remember the movie okay. i remember the movie i don't know if i remember i don't okay. know if i saw it so this movie was initially when it went into production, it was supposed to be a remake of the 1931 Peter Lorre movie, Elm, mm -hmm. where Peter Lorre plays. I, it's been a long time since I've seen this. He's a serial killer. Mm -hmm. I believe he kills children. It's a really, really yeah. dark movie. Yeah, I've seen it. But Cradle to the Grave, this somehow turned into a child killing serial killer movie to a diamond heist mm -hmm. kung fu mm -hmm. uh, hip hop soundtrack movie called yeah. cradle to the grave right right <laughs> to the grave yeah and i can never i just that's been the craziest like in all of the things i've ever read about what movies were initially is this does this I, have the that's gonna give it to you in it and everything it might this i is, remember this i think is the like, trailer i want to say this is like oh two oh three is belushi in this movie probably i think belushi is in this i think you're right I'm pretty sure belushi was in something with, uh, with yeah the DMX, maybe so. yeah maybe i'm thinking tom arnold but um yeah i've only seen it once but that's just always been the fucking craziest like transition of what a movie was supposed to be and then what it became i will also say uh there's this movie called the row that's supposed to be a sleazy sorority <laughs> slasher film, but it becomes a very tame right, uh, right. lifetime movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That was my answer. <laughs> Did you want to go last? No, I can go now. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to change gears, though. I misread the question to be franchise and was going to say Fast and Furious, which mm -hmm. started out as 
undercover. <laughs> that makes sense. Undercover <laughs> cops and no, cars. I, I think that's a great answer. But uh, within a movie, I've always liked how well uh, Pineapple Express transitions from stoner comedy to stoner action comedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Because at the end, he's doing like Seth Rogen's doing like that two story slow mo spider jump on yeah. top of the back of what's his name, and you got slow mo <laughs> machine guns up in the yeah. top of the warehouse, and it's a full on action film. But it, it doesn't feel like that until about halfway through. I guess right about the time they get their ass beat um, at Kenny's apartment. Kenny. Kenny from Eastbound and Down. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I mean, you can, you can technically say that when he sees the killing at, at Gary Cole's house is where it turns into. Because before that, like, he's making calls to the thing. He's yeah. smoking up with James Frank. Watching 227. He's got the weird. He's watching 227. He's got the weird relationship with the high school girl. And then all of a sudden, from that point on, yeah. bang, with the blood, like, everywhere. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? And then that <laughs> fight is insane. Yeah. That's yeah. where they break <laughs> I, like the, I love, I love that part where he calls Amber Heard after they've had the problems and everything, <laughs> and she's like, she's like, yes, yes, I'll take you back and everything. He goes, oh, <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says she loves him or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to marry you. Yeah, oh. Like, like he's like, I've done all this shit, and you don't want to marry me now? <laughs> I am in no shape to be in a relationship. <laughs> And then she says something like, I lost my virginity when I was 12. <laughs> is she, I don't remember. Is she at least supposed to be like 18 in that movie? She I is. Yeah, I think she just turned She's 18. Just but I think it's implied yeah. that they were dating before that. Yeah. It is. Because right. I don't think he's supposed to be very old either. Like He's probably like early 20s or something. Because yeah. he was only like 24 at the yeah, time. Yeah, but he's supposed to be old enough that most general society would probably frown a little bit on that relationship. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Especially sure. Ed Begley Jr. Uh so two of the ones her dad. Yes. He plays her dad. Just randomly saying friend of the podcast at Bigley Jr. Yeah. Mentioned like four times. Uh, two of the ones that always pop in that we've talked about before from Dust Till Dawn switches on a dime right in the middle of it. And then we've talked about the beach. Oh, yeah. That that starts off as this travelogue hippie commune thing that turns into like fucking guns of the Navarone by the end. It wants to be six different movies by the end. It does. One of the things that I saw this year that Chris mentioned is the favorite. The favorite mm. starts off in a very specific way. Like, it's very prim and proper. It's very, you know, we're in the queen's service. We're in her, her her inner circle and everything. There's a political intrigue and things like that. And I think maybe even starting at this dance sequence, mm-hmm. things start just becoming unusual. Whether yes. they're anachronistic, whether they're just weird, whether they're more violent than you think. Very stream well, of consciousness. Everything becomes different and glorious in my yeah, opinion. And I didn't I even think notice great. until afterwards all the modern stuff they brought into it. Yeah, so when you get to this point, things start just appealing to different parts of your sensibilities. Like, that's not supposed to be there. That's a modern touch that's not supposed to yeah. be there. And from really that moment, because otherwise they could have played it straight through and had this rivalry thing in a completely different context. But the way Yorgos Lanthimos wants to go is somewhere freaky. Mm. And the, the steps that he takes with Rachel Weiss's character, the steps that he takes between Olivia Coleman and, and uh, Emma Stone... I love this movie so much. Yeah. I do too. If, I if do it too. didn't take the direction that it went, 
I, I, I think it would have been fine, yeah. but it wouldn't have been nearly wouldn't as good. wouldn't have been as memorable. It's and awesome. it's a great movie to reflect on because you watch it, and it's like, you know, obviously Emma Stone and um, Olivia Coleman, they're very, they have the very standout role. They, they, you know, they steal a lot of scenes, and even Nicholas Holt steals a lot of scenes. But then you reflect on it, and you realize the other people, like Rachel Vise is so good. In this. Yeah, oh, she's, she's terrific. She's I mean, so she, she, in general. She's been in so many movies now, and I and you can see the professional that's sort of like grown yeah. out of that. I mean, yeah, she was in Chain Reaction, but that's we, we can't hold <laughs> we can't hold that against her. You know? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> the best I can. <laughs> yes, uh, this should be. I, I'd like to hear your opinions on this by by the time that you watch this, Jeremy. Yeah, I'm really. My wife wants to see it too, so it'll be seen in the next week or so. It'll be like a. Because I know you took a while to watch Phantom Thread. This is a completely different movie than Phantom Thread, obviously. But I feel like uh, you'll have a, a unique perspective. Did you ever see The Lobster? No. Huh. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I need to go back. And I watch think you other might films. like The Lobster. As fucking weird as it is, I might. I, I just the only reason I have it is because everybody says that it's fucking weird. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I don't, but it's, yeah, it's have weird. you seen Dogtooth or Killing of a Sacred Deer? Have you seen any? No, of those I, haven't other? Seen I, any I haven't seen any of those either. Mm. Um, I I just recently bought Killing of a Sacred Deer though, so I'll see that. But uh, yeah, that looks. Olivia Coleman's interesting to me because uh, I I'm I'm going to guess, and I haven't. I, shame shamed i haven't looked up her career mm-hmm. but i was first introduced to her in hot fuzz yeah. yes and she has a gr- that great line reading where she's like why do you think it's murder you know and all that <laughs> and i thought she was just basically relegated to somewhat character actress that shows up every once in a while and she shows yeah. up in murder in the orient express and then then she's in this and she completely like sort of commands it mm-hmm. and i'm like Man, did she have like a career before this that I'm not aware of? Maybe mo- mostly in Great Britain yeah. that I'm gonna have to look up now because she's excellent. The she only is. thing I, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of her movies, but uh, I watched all three seasons of Broadchurch, which no, is which yeah, is her, her and David Tennant. Somebody on uh, uh, Facebook said I need oh, okay. to watch that. So uh, I think have I to think watch he, Broadchurch. Yeah, uh, well, and that's her and David Tennant together as cops, and they're really good. And uh, the first and the third season especially are very good. The problem with the second season is like the first season is a is a murder mystery it's a case that lasts the whole season mm-hmm. you find out the resolution which is awesome and then the second season still sticks with that case it deals with like the court case and stuff mm-hmm. so it's just not as interesting it, you wish they would have just done another case but then the third season that's what happens they do it they do a different case and it's really interesting again mm-hmm. uh, i mean i think you should still watch the second season there's enough there mm-hmm. and it's not very long like yeah. it's a it's a bbc show so there's eight or ten episodes a season or whatever each but, uh, episode is three and a half hours yeah, long. That's, yeah. that's true <laughs> but uh no i highly recommend that but you know she's awesome um, God, hot fuzz she's so funny yeah uh yeah she's i mean she's got a lot of those little <laughs> lines that are just that are just sprinkled in there and everything she's really funny <laughs> i did want to i did want to bring up when when uh we were talking about first night mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so much like jeremy did a couple weeks ago uh i watched all the species movies <laughs> <laughs> now i have to do this why did you do that because so we're going with the ben cross connection is that where you're going yes because <laughs> last night uh last night was new year's eve and i spent new year's eve uh uh doing this hereditary video that should be out yeah it will be out when this podcast is yes. it uh so i i spent new year's eve doing that and i'm like what am i gonna watch so i went through all these different things should i watch music videos should i watch the new year's eve uh celebrations 
And ultimately, I was like, you know what? It looks like Species is playing all night. <laughs> you Jeremy, it on the first Jeremy one? did this. No, I caught it in, in the oh. end of Species 2, oh. uh, which I have seen. I've seen Species and Species 2. I've never seen the other one. So, and I know that they're horrible, but yeah. I, but, but my, but my need for skin and weird science fiction, uh, brought me to this. He so. touches the owner's manual of the car to learn how the car yes, works. Yes. <laughs> she learns chess like in, like immediately too. Oh, so Ben Cross is in the third and fourth no, one. He's, he's the, in the fourth just one. The fourth one. <laughs> so like, I, I, so I watched shit. the third one. I watched the third one and, and you have Sonny Mabry in there. I've seen in a couple of things. And then, uh, the awakening comes on right after that. And I'm like, I've seen this motherfucker before. I've seen this motherfucker before. I don't know where I've seen him, but he's a motherfucker and I've seen him. And, uh, and so like I looked through his credits and I was like, Oh yeah, he's in fucking first night. <laughs> and so the fact that first night came up, I was like, Oh, opportunity to talk he's about species. He's the villain of first night. Um, yeah. And I only know who he, who knew who he was when I saw first night because, uh, briefly when I was in high school, they tried to resurrect Dark Shadows. I was a just TV about to show. say that's right. Oh for a song. yeah, that's right. And they made it like uh, evening, like drama. And, and he bad. was the star. Okay. I, I didn't. My mom wouldn't let me watch it, but uh-huh. she had loved the original. I remember that coming out. There's actually <laughs> a, that the reason uh, that actually that came out right is the Gulf War uh, was was revving up, and that that ruined a lot of shows that year because of all the coverage. Oh yeah. So a lot of shows got got moved around the schedule so much because mm-hmm. they had to be, so that was one of the ones that a lot of people feel was kind of i don't know that it would have been a huge success but that's why probably it only got like 12 episodes or twin whatever. peaks maybe? maybe or was that before before uh no tw- twin peaks was actually successful it just it eventually became not successful well, because it, it was, got really weird yeah because it, it never got around to yeah. the mystery and yeah, everything think, until like they yeah. played the movie and but that movie. was around the same time it was like 90 91 so that was around the same time <laughs> all right well uh, i feel like you should invite people over for a species marathon the, next we, we year's should eve. have a species marathon i'm so <laughs> pissed New year's dude eve. <laughs> i was trying to do an outtake on something recently with the uh um i've you know something bad happened here oh <laughs> Oh, I couldn't yeah. find that anywhere. Yeah. I almost hollered at you. Hey, you got the Blu-ray? So you can oh, send me that. That's <laughs> the thing, man. You sometimes on those YouTube clips, sometimes you gotta find you gotta find the thing that the scene that it's around oh, to my find God. it. Yeah. And it's so hard. And then at some point I'm like, I've spent twenty minutes doing this. I should probably get back to the script. <laughs> yeah. But um uh, one thing I will take away from Species Two, obviously not a very good movie at all. It's horrible, but I've never seen a movie so like directed like it's great though. Oh. <laughs> like there's so many scenes in there, like the angles and the way he shoots it and everything. It's the guy who did the Peter Medak who did Changeling. Oh wow, the Changeling, did which that is new. a great movie, a great movie. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, and uh, he did Species Two, and I was like, holy shit, look at what he's doing yeah. with the camera in this fucking thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> shitty, but man, he, it, this is really like and James Cromwell's in it. Hell Oh, it. this is the one with uh, Bubba from Forrest Yeah, Gump. Michael T. Williamson. Yeah, they got who, who at one point has a machete in his hand and says, I can't wait to get back to Africa on this or some shit uh, like that. Uh, 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 who yeah. did Species? Was that Roger Donaldson? Was that like. Roger Donaldson okay. was the first okay. one, but you know, he, said, he said something like, Yeah, I'm going to go back to Africa at some point or whatever. <laughs> and actually, I was. I haven't. I, I, I had only caught the middle of it, but I was like sitting there going, Wait a minute. 
I don't remember there actually being anything to kill at the moment he says that, right? <laughs> like, there's nobody that he needs to kill. Uh, Natasha, Natasha Henstridge, who's called Eve in this one and not Syl. Because she's a clone. Oh, she's a clone. I forgot oh, about yeah. the cloning. <laughs> um, uh, is, so much she's that. behind the glass. And they don't even know dude is an alien yet. Right. So, like, for him to be like, I'm going to kill all these motherfuckers. I'm going to go back to Africa. I'm like, what? Why do you do this? He did this in the Purge as well. He, oh, had, yeah. he did a lot of these type of type of <laughs> lines. Isn't, isn't Species 2 essentially like the J. Jonah Jameson son story from yes. Spider-Man? Yes, it yeah. is. It really is. <laughs> because he's a senator's son. Yeah. Yeah. He comes back from space with a, an alien and him. And then yeah. clone yeah. still named Eve wants to fuck him. And it's basically about them trying so, to. Is, is the Natasha uh, Henstridge character still the character in the third and fourth one? She just doesn't play no, it, or no. it's a different, different they, character. They, they use like archive footage in the third one. Yeah, for, okay. But uh, but like in the second one, the second one is like it, it, it. They did a bunch of these, right? Astronaut's wife did that. Yes. yes. You know, astronaut's wife was. Uh, I mean, it, it's like, oh, he brought something back from space. <laughs> yep. He's and then he put it in now. her. Yeah, he put it in her. Yep. <laughs> he takes her uterus. <laughs> he, took, he takes her uterus, Kevin. But I think in the Spider-Man comic, like he becomes like Man Wolf or something. It's not even Venom because that's way later. Yeah, it's later. I don't know and, who he becomes. But then they, they use that in Spider-Man Three. They make him be part of the Venom story line because it sucks so yeah yep. all right well that'll do it for this week uh, <laughs> now that we've had our comprehensive review of hey, the species, hey, i am watching all four of those two nights hey man <laughs> we we probably all we if there's any takeaway from this episode <laughs> all of you should take in marathons of shitty science fiction <laughs> horror movies yes because th there is a fulfillment to those oh yeah and uh, I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of recommends after this on Facebook. <laughs> have you have you watched Cyborgs, the Cyborg yeah. movies? And I'm like, oh no. Have you watched the Extra trilogy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, that'll do it for this week. Uh, keep going to Sincast uh, presented by. Wait a minute. Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. Yes, that's how that goes. <laughs> I've only said it a hundred fucking times. <laughs> Uh, keep going to Syncast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook and uh, keep going to SoundCloud, Reddit, uh, CinemaSins Twitter. You have a Twitter, right, Jonathan? I do, at SamLoomis13. And I also, I'm usually the one on the at TVSins1 doing the comments and whatnot. So yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, keep going to those and talk about this very episode, but I'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott, Barrett Sheeran, and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. We're going to cut all of this anyway, yes. so let's talk about something we can keep in. <laughs> Let's Did talk you, about Harry Knowles. No, we may not. Uh, <laughs> we might not get into. Have you watched Bandersnatch yet? No, I have I never either. seen any Black Mirror anything. Um, well, don't start with the first episode. <laughs> okay. That so was that's my true. mistake, and yeah. I didn't watch it again for like three years. I didn't start with the first episode. Oh my god! Oh, I did. I think you can. I, obviously, I, but. No, I did. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> No, no, I'm just saying it, I didn't like it. No, so I understand. I, yeah. I understand that's not the best introduction into a show for a lot of people. 
and God bless you, but come on. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not being a prude. No, no, no. I just didn't like I'm it. not accusing yeah. anybody of anything. I'm saying in general. Is it all like nudity or what? No, no, no. no, the, no. Okay. The, the first episode is the prime minister of Great Britain has to fuck a pig or the princess uh, gets uh, murdered or whatever by kidnappers oh that's so, one of aesop's fables right? so, <laughs> yeah it is no so yeah, it's so, they, so print you know the princess is captured and the, the kidnappers say prime minister must fuck a pig on live television awesome. or else this is going to happen and it is especially if you let's say if you started on other black mirrors before you got to this one it is a perfect black mirror episode. correct i see i see and uh and and yes the subject matter is distasteful mm -hmm. however i don't see how you can watch that and that that episode it's not like they it's not like they show insertion Ooh. oh no 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 Ooh, but if they did actually the worst shot is when he enters the room and then they just do this like it's like maybe a three or four second shot of the pig just standing there yeah it is so sad yeah it You're is just like oh that poor pig <laughs> it that, is. that pig's about to get fucked and yeah. then, well and then like and then he takes some pills yeah you know because he has to take something <laughs> right. to get the heart on yeah and it's got it's got a it's got a good uh aftermath too oh too. That, the ending is the last scene is great yeah, you i want to take wife. some drugs yeah. and yeah, watch yeah, yeah. this like i want to take no. eat some shrooms and watch this <laughs> like, sounds outrageous i agree with you it's a good episode but just the first episode i was just like i don't know that this show is for me mm -hmm. but then you watch like the next well, yeah, episode I mean, is the uh, get out uh guy yeah, yeah. daniel kaluuya yeah, he's yeah. in the uh the uh and the, that's excellent the place where they're all exercising and getting credits yeah and, that one that one's dope yeah that one's good they went to saint mark's place and there was a guy with a with a selling a bunch of stuff on a blanket it was on a blanket <laughs> my penis was on a blanket what <laughs> detachable penis oh <laughs> he's like he's like what he goes to so i went to saint mark's place and i saw it on a blanket this guy was selling it <laughs> wait who did that <laughs> King, oh, missile. King missile oh that's right i would yeah. never have come and, up with that and he's I like, thought about that in forever and he's like he's like uh he's like uh, uh he wanted 20 dollars, but i was able to talk him down to 15 <laughs> i took it home washed it off <laughs> and put it back <laughs> detachable penis <laughs> oh that's a fun song yes, oh it is. yes that's like the bandersnatch of alternative rock. it really is <laughs> I like how they put out that poster of mm -hmm. the live action Aladdin, live action Aladdin, and the internet freaked out because Will Smith wasn't blue. Yeah. Oh, is that like, what people were? I couldn't figure out what people were freaking yes, out about. He even well, first of all, I think the uh, initial freak out was how ridiculous he looks. He does uh, look ridiculous because there was plenty of that. Yeah. It's Sinbad comparisons and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was way. <laughs> but too, then, like, uh, he came on. He had to go on social media and go, "Relax, people. This is just the form. And this is just his human form. Most of the movie, he's gonna be blue, obviously." And I'm like, "What?" Fucking, he was blue because it was a cartoon, not because genies are blue. What the fuck are we? Why are we planting our flag on this hill? I know that was like you know. I always said Wishmaster would be a better movie if he was blue because I you know. Mm -hmm. I agree. When you get wishes from people who aren't blue, <laughs> it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Doesn't take. Yeah. I'm just. I mean that. That's what we're. Oh, anyway, the internet is continues to baffle. well yeah it's amazing to i think i talked about it before where 
the things that trend on Twitter don't necessarily reflect everybody. Like it seems like it does because there's a whole bunch of like somebody will say something outrageous and then there'll be oh that attracts 15 other people who agree with it mm-hmm. and so it looks like oh everybody must fucking hate this and then you just realize oh it's really just 15 people you can yeah. tell uh anytime bts does anything mm-hmm. yeah like nine of the 10 trending <laughs> topics in the u.s will be about bts and their yeah. individual names and the song's name and the video's name and i'm like okay but 95% of the country is still talking about other shit. Mm-hmm. You just have ganged up. Yes. Just like whoever the fuck Seb is. Every week I see selfie for Seb go trending in the US in the top 10. He's some YouTuber, Twitter, Twitchy, I don't know. Twitchy. Somebody who asks for selfies. <laughs> and I Twitchy. see selfie for Seb trending. And I'm like, no idea who that is. Yeah, it's not on my know, radar. It cannot possibly reflect one tenth of what America's talking about right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's all manipulated anyway. I think it is too. It's mm-hmm. by the government. By the government. Mm-hmm. By the government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I might watch that though. <sighs> should we should we intro that again? <laughs> Just do, so- we, do we have to? <laughs> I, I've got a cut. It is fine. You've got a cut. Yeah, okay. It'll all be right. Fine. All right. Man, it's a oh, shame geez. people it, 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 do that. It's, it's, <laughs> see this is one of those things when you start saying it you're like i'm just gonna have to i'm gonna have to stay i'm gonna have to stop i can't stop now yeah everybody's saying the the craziest shit that you can think of right now i of course did not mean that but uh (laughs) 